1: I should have stayed home and
2: played with myself. What do you like to do? Oh, I don't know. Play chess? Screw? Well, let's play chess. The
3: Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson. Quarterback,
4: Florida. Richardson going to take off and run. He's
2: in there. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. The first career touchdown. Here's Halliburton into the front court. Mishandled it, but gets a shot. Hits it. (laughs) Hits it. John, I have never been better. To be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
5: Hey, welcome in. We're live today at Twin Peaks, and we've got a lot going on. And the first thing you will see in here, actually, you know when you come to Twin Peaks, what you normally see when you come in, you will still see that. There's no doubt about it. You'll have the great made-from-scratch food, the ice-cold McUltra that we have for you right here waiting on you, too. But we have one of the greatest all-time video games, and we have the stand-up arcade game for you right here inside Twin Peaks for you to play, NBA Jam, ladies and gentlemen. It is here, and I invite you to come up and have an ice cold Mick Alter with me. And then play some of that NBA jam because you could win. And I'll, I'll invite you also to go to my Twitter account at JMV1070 and see exactly what you can win because it is outstanding. You can win a pair of Nikes that are specially made for this event. And I really can't describe them other than they are in in Pacers colors right here. Um, But they, I can tell you this, when you're always looking for a unique pair of shoes, a unique pair of sneakers, that's exactly what these are right here. They are unique, and this is your chance to win them while you're here. It is incredible what we're giving you an opportunity to do. And then you can do it too, just by playing NBA Jam, which is fun as hell. I mean, we know that going back all those years ago, and we have the stand up arcade. Daryl brought the stand up arcade game with him here. And anybody that stops by, you can play NBA Jam, the arcade game. You get the highest score. Everyone, by the way, here can play. The person with the highest score gets the custom McUltra tennis shoes that I have, and you can see it in front of the NBA Jam Machine right here that I have at JMV 1070. And we have them for you right here. Also, you will get an invitation to the finals on February the 15th at Brothers Downtown. Now, the finals and the overall winner receives the NBA Jam Arcade Game. So you can win this arcade game to take home and ultra courtside concert VIP tickets. This is all for coming up here and playing this. And again, high score is going to win these shoes today. High score is going to win these shoes and then put you in the running in the finals to possibly take home NBA Jam. And they get some courtside concert VIP tickets, thanks to our friends, obviously at Zinc and Mick Ultra for being here. And again, the ice cold Mick Ultra is flowing right now. We got that for you. And we know this: we know we always have the incredible food right here. So join us up here. We're at Twin Peaks beginning right now. We'll be here until six o'clock. Let's get up here and get on board and see who is going to get high score on this and uh, advance to the finals and win a great pair of shoes. In the process, again, with our friends from Mick Ultra here at Twin Peaks on the Northeast side in Castleton. We have a lot to go over today. Bottom of the hour Bobby Marks of ESPN. He is a former NBA general manager. He is a friend of this show, and he often comes on here to break down trade situations that are just kind of make believe. Nothing concrete, nothing etched in stone. We can actually have Bobby on today because you have heard from absolutely everybody. And honestly, I think I have heard maybe two people. Rarely, rarely do you find a trade that goes over so smashingly in a market or in this market in general regarding any team, the Colts, Pacers, whatever. But it seems pretty close to unanimous, the way people feel about this trade. I just put out a video through our Twitter account. I'm assuming all the fan social media platforms. I put out a video, about a two-minute long video, where I explain exactly why I love it. And, and I do love it. There were would have been ways in which I wouldn't have. I think I, my stance yesterday was pretty firm. There was no way I wanted to have been at mather a part of anything. I really didn't want Janis Walker a part of anything, even though he doesn't play. And I didn't want Andrew Demhart a part of anything. And you know what? I, we, we got a wish on this. I know that there there are always going to be pitfalls. I mean, you cannot go in without any stinking guarantees, but this is about as close as you're going to. This is about as close as you can get living in the moment where you can say, man, you know what? My team got over on the other. And not a mean-spirited way. Nobody cares or hates Toronto. But let's just face it. It's been a long time since you have been able to talk about news. And I know you go back to the Halliburton deal. I know everybody was excited about that. But so many people explained to me that, oh, well, here's we knew what we were getting. You didn't have any damn idea what you were getting. You had no idea you were going to get this. Like the Pacers knew they were getting this, and Tyrese Halliburton knew he was bringing this to Indianapolis. You had no idea. Yeah, you guys had watched Halliburton play once, maybe. That's about it. Maybe not even once. They rarely were on TV nationally. And you guys aren't going to spring for the NBA package. Nobody was watching. You had no idea. I just always love to hear the revisionist history about that. Well, we knew that you were going to get over. No, really, everybody hated it because they were trading Sabonis and not trading Miles. You hated that part of it. You hated it. But everybody with revisionist history of, well, this is, this is how I felt about that. And I knew that was going to be a breakthrough. You know, really, a lot of you were saying, why not Darren Fox? Instead of Tyrese Halliburton. So you saw how that worked out. Got really excited. It took time to build excitement about that. With this, it is ready-made from so many different angles. Look what you gave up. And nothing against Bruce Brown. Nothing against Jordan Wara. But these are guys, one guy wasn't going to be here. Well, actually, both guys aren't going to be here next year or weren't going to be here next year. And then you have three poof Just kind of bubbles floating in the air. Two for 2024, one in 2026. First round picks. And for all of you that always bombarded me with, well, look at these trade assets and the draft capital. You know what? Shout out to you. You got your wish. It turned out between that and Bruce Brown and the cost of his contract, it turned out for the better for everybody. Here's something else I don't want to hear because I don't know and you guys don't know either nerds are looking at offensive efficiency or dif- defensive efficiency. Uh, the nerds are looking up all the numbers right now. Um, I eyeball and watch him play. Pascal Siakam can play. And then I listen to people that actually have played to the NBA, actually had made decisions in the NBA, as we'll do with Bobby Marks at the bottom of the hour and Eddie Gill coming up in the four o'clock hour. And, you know, guys with a podcast like J.J. Redick who talks about just how dynamically the expectation is offensively that Siakam will fit in here. I just find it really hard. I know that we're supposed to always have a bit of an edge and be salty about something. But let's wait for once to be salty about this until there's a reason to. If... He's not as good as what you thought, if he doesn't fit. And these are major ifs. Nobody's expecting it. I'm just trying to give you the benefit of the doubt for being captain skeptical. We get plenty of reasons to be skeptical if you want, if he doesn't resign, or if his number is going to be too heavy for a guy that is into his early 30s. You know, we got plenty of time to talk about that. But let's just talk about what you know about this deal right now. They gave up Bruce Brown, Jordan Wara, and three first-round picks for a guy that's been all NBA, for a guy that's a multi-all-star, for a guy that averages over 20 points per game in a position in which everybody, and I mean unanimously, everybody around here has been crying about stinking forever. Well, you got to do this. You got to get yourself a wing. You got to get yourself a bigger guy. You don't want these 6'3 guys mashed up against 7-footers. I mean, both sides, and let me tell you this. Regarding Siakam's defense, hell, I don't know. You want to know why? Because I couldn't tell you, unless somebody doesn't score against somebody else, who the hell's playing good defense? I can't tell you. I also can't tell you that they traded away Gary Payton, the glove, and Bruce Brown. Well, you know what? He had this defensive prowess. I couldn't tell. And it's not his fault because I really couldn't tell across the board about these guys. You saw a couple of different times in late-game situations where they got fourth-quarter stops, and that made you feel good. You see, defensively, it looks like they are getting better. But you can also say at the same time, well, you should be getting better because the defensive level and what they were giving up had been awful. All oh, that makes sense. But it doesn't make enough sense – to be so incredibly skeptical about it. And I know that you kind of have to because you live in the moment and we all live in the moment. I just can't find a stinking reason right now to have any issue, to have any criticism whatsoever about this. And it's not because I'm running around being a cheerleader and waving the pom-poms or anything. No, this is my honest opinion. I can't think about it. And maybe I do in July, If things don't go the way that you think. I also love this. I love the fact that the Pacers went out there. I mean, it was just a little over a year ago when Rick Carlisle said, hey, chill out. You know what? We're going to go through some rough times, and it's not always going to look good, and we're going to lose some games. Just hang with us. And I think everybody was okay because everybody, remember, wanted to take dynamite and blow the entire thing up. Because everybody around here apparently has until 2045 to see a winner. Frankly, I wanted to expedite the process. I like the fact that this thing is on a quicker pace. I like the fact that they go out and do something right now. This is what really should make you feel good. Normally, teams aren't, let's just say, year number two of a so-called rebuild. Normally, teams aren't so, and I apologize for the description right here. Normally, teams aren't so cavalier. Right? Normally, they're not. Normally, they're, well, we're going to play this close to the vest. We want to make sure we don't mess something up. The Pacers have realized a couple of things, and they're both beneficial for you. One, they have realized that they are ahead of schedule, that they are better than what they thought they were going to be right now. But a lot of these moves are well ahead of schedule with guys on their team, and a lot of their decisions recently have worked out. The other thing That comes out of this is, and I don't want to hear any old farts telling me about how he gets paid enough. There is no reason why you should have to go out and talk to Tyrese Halliburton or talk to your star about who you want in here. You know what? If you feel that way, then stop watching sports because across the board, if you have a good team, I guarantee you this. Front office people, coaches are going to them and saying, hey, you know what? What do you think? All right. You're the figurehead. You know what? You're the center of this whole thing right here. What do you think? I love the fact that Tyrese Halliburton wanted this. And he got this. He was told by the Pacers, you know what, we're going to build around you. You give your confidence in us, you extend with us, and we're going to give back. He's not involved where he's, you know, directly picking and choosing. But He's an influencer, and he should be an influencer. He's the best player on the team. So he influenced this, the best player on the team. The Pacers feel, front office-wise, otherwise, that they're ahead of schedule. And you know who should be feeling the best right now? It's you, the fans. Because look what they're doing for you right here. They're trying to make a winner and trying to do it right now. Believe me, I have been around here for how many years? 19 years overall. And a lot of these years, certainly in recent history, I sit around with people telling me, man, I wish the local teams would have some sackle. I wish they would have some sackle. That's satchel and sack combined. I wish they would go for it. I wish they all wouldn't crowd around cap space and trade assets and draft capital like it's the wintertime and it's nuts in a squirrel's tree. They went out and did what so many of you have wanted to see the Pacers do in the past. They went out and did what so many of you still want to see the Colts do in the present. And you would like to see the Colts do. Everybody talks about, got to put all these weapons around Anthony Richardson. He's got to have weapons. What's he going to do without weapons? And I agree. But you know what? You need all the weapons you can have on this Pacer team, too. Well, you know what? Halliburton's already really good. He can make guys better. Well, good. The home makes Siakam even better. That's good. But you've got an all-NBA type of guy. You've got a guy that's one of the better, one of the elite scorers in the NBA. He can make him even better. That's a good thing. So why would you not feel the same way about the Pacers as you would with the Colts? I know that we're comparing two different things. But you can't tell me that you want to put all this around Anthony Richardson to make sure he has the most weapons possible and then go, well, I don't know about this one right here and pass. This was too good to be true. Now, this deal, if it turns out to be too good to be true, let's just say, for example, hypothetically, this is a failure, which I do not expect it to be. But let's say that it is. Then we'll have to visit it at the time and evaluate what went down. I just don't expect it to be that. And I don't think you should right now either. And I question why you are right now if you do. But again, it seems fairly unanimous or close to that, that everybody is on board with this deal, and I am too. And again, I did set boundaries. I set boundaries in which I did not want to see them cross. One was you know making sure Siakam returns, and you don't give that away for nothing. But I would have to think if it got this far down the road that there is an assurance or two that everything is going to work out and that the outcome comes back and they give this a full season go for years to come now, a lot of you are concerned about the amount of money he's going to end up getting we shall see you know what if if he wants a heavy heavy amount I'm assuming that means he's doing a heavy, heavy load of lifting on it. That's a good thing. That's beneficial. All right, now, I mean, you're getting, your Pacers now are getting into the big boy territory here again. It's time for you, the fans, to also understand where they are and act accordingly. Not be scared of your own shadow. Not be scared of analytics because believe me you can make numbers sing any way that you want this is just an eyeballer I can't wait to see it nor do I believe you as well should be apprehensive whatsoever about the direction this team is going just be happy that it is on a quicker path and a quicker pace to me offensively speaking, I don't care if you average 150 a game, average 155. I don't care. And really, I've said this all along. I mean, how, how, are you going to be <laughs> as bad as they were in the first month of the season defensively? I just think guys are going to get tired and start missing shots, too. You know, It's funny, man. Basketball sometimes doesn't have a lot to do with your great defense. Sometimes it has a great deal to do whether or not Damian Lillard is, you know, tired, and misses a jumper and doesn't have any legs because you played a long season so far, because you're going into to February in a couple of weeks, you know, after the all-star break, I, I would expect the defense to get better, but I sure as hell wouldn't expect Siakam to be as bad defensively as some have described him to be. I mean, just really stay you're going to stand out there like a fence post and guys are going to drive right by him. I doubt that. Most of these guys are so good that they're going to get by basically anybody on the other side. I just don't think that Siakam is even close to as bad as some of you have emailed me, some of you have tweeted at me and said, it is amazing. But again, it seems like most of you are on board. We'll see if Bobby Marks of ESPN, he's the front office expert NBA-wise for ESPN and ESPN.com. Bobby's going to join us coming up at the bottom of the hour and give us everything we need to know outside of just me. I mean, I can sit here and scream and yell and shake my fist about how I think it's great and the eyeball test. You know, I, you know why I say the eyeball test? is because I don't want to look at all the nerdery numbers. I'll let somebody else do that. I'm going to let Bobby Marks break that down for you coming up at the bottom of the hour and then get to somebody that played in the NBA. Eddie Gill, the Pacers Radio and Television Networks joins us coming up at the 4 o'clock hour, and he'll go over what he's about to see whenever he does see it. Obviously, nothing tonight in Sacramento. That game coming up, I believe, at 10 o'clock later on this evening right here on The Fan. Um, Halliburton. Question mark, late last night, not going to play, and I know that bumps him out because he's going back to Sacramento. Uh, we'll say, or see, I should say, when he does return. I think I saw Mark Spears mention that Rick Carlisle had said he didn't know exactly when. Kind of seems like that Halliburton is marked for a return before they get back to Indy. They get back to Indy next Tuesday against the Denver Nuggets. We shall see. They have a back-to-back Sacramento tonight. And Portland tonight, or check that, Portland tomorrow night in Portland, and then Phoenix coming up on Sunday, and then back at home against Denver. By the way, when they get back home, their schedule, it's not like you're going to get to ease into this. I mean, you got Denver, you got Philly, you got Phoenix coming up at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. The other thing is, I'm excited when you guys get excited. And for the most part, you guys are incredibly excited. And my man BT Do does some work at Gainbridge Fieldhouse I'm assuming that they're selling more tickets right now. I'm assuming there is a great deal of interest just out of what has transpired in the past 24 hours. That part is also good. Ultimately, you got to back it up playing basketball. Don't get me wrong. Ultimately, you got to do that. But I love the fact that you guys can get excited about something right now. Great time to get excited about something right now. really is. Go over that. Bobby Marks, bottom of the hour of ESPN. Eddie Gill's going to join us coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Greg Doyle's got a column. I know Bob Kravitz did too as well, bobkravitz.com. I'd heard Jake and Jimmy and Eddie talking to Bob as I was on my way in. We've got a couple of columns regarding the situation with Jim Irsay, and I'm going to get into what, what Greg had to say. We heard what Bob had to say a little bit earlier, and if you missed it, the podcast with Quarry and Company, that's 107 thefan dot com because Bob Kravitz basically mentioned the same thing that I'm assuming Greg Doyle is going to talk about with us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour regarding Jim Ursay and the future of the Colts. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, with Greg and whether or not he likes this deal. I, a lot of you are probably going to say if they get tuned up in Sacramento tonight, you know, uh, we told you so. There's going to be no I told you so there. You know, no Halliburton. You're know, get any Siakam. Um, You're not going to have two dudes that probably one certainly would be rotationally speaking. You know, Wara probably would play as well. So they're going to be down some dudes coming up later on tonight against Sacramento. Just keep that in mind, though. The excitement is on the way as Siakam was in town earlier today for the physical. And then he's going to head out west and join up with the Pacers. And we shall see after that point in time. What will happen? We'll also double back to a little Purdue and IU stuff with Greg Doyle coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. Bush tickets for you. Bush, Candlebox, and Jerry Cantrell of Allison Chains. They all have a show August the 4th downtown at the lawn at White River State Park. And I believe we're going to do it like this. I talked to Gavin Rossdale of Bush a little bit earlier today, uh, in which I'll give you guys a chance to hear at some point. But when you hear... A response from Bush lead singer Gavin Rossdale. Uh, The conversation I had, you'll hear that a little bit later on, combined with a Bush song, that's going to be your cue to call. And number nine is going to be a winner of those tickets. Again, Bush, Candlebox, and Jay Cantrell of Alice in Chains coming August the 4th downtown to the lawn at White River State Park. We'll give you a chance to win those. Your cue to call is when you hear... Gavin Rossdale's response to one of my questions along with a Bush song coming up a little bit later on. Meantime, bottom of the hour... Bobby Marks of ESPN, Twin Peaks, get here. If you're good whatsoever and you love NBA Jam, your chance to win these original shoes and get signed up for the grand prize opportunity to win NBA Jam. The arcade game is here at Twin Peaks on the northeast side with us, along with Michelob Ultra. Hopefully you get here, we'll start playing, and we'll find a winner before 6 o'clock here. This Thursday edition on the road at Twin Wind peaks on the northeast side. The stream, the app, HD radio inside the AAA membership lounge via YouTube Live at 93.5 and 107 by the fan.
0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participating McDonald's for a limited
6: time.
2: The Ride with JMV. You take drugs, Danny? Every yeah, game. Good. So, what's the problem? I don't know. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
5: Hey, thank you for joining us. Twin Peaks today is our location with our friends at Mick Ultra. We are giving you a chance to play NBA Jam. We have the arcade game NBA Jam here, and you, with the high score, can win. An incredible original pair of shoes while we're here. And if you go to at JMV 1070, you can see exactly the shoes that I'm talking about. Incredible. You can win these shoes. Again, go to at JMV 1070 to see these shoes that you can win playing NBA Jam, one of our time favorite games. No doubt about that. It is the actual stand-up arcade game. And then... The overall winner here will go on to the finals coming up on February the 15th at Brothers Downtown. You win that. You take home the arcade game and you get ultra courtside concert VIP tickets. Get here to play NBA Jam. The high score is the winner. Meantime, Andy Moore, Automotive Group hotline right now. He's the friend of the show. He's the front office expert for ESPN, ESPN.com, NBA-wise. Bobby Marks joins us. I'm assuming you're a big-time NBA Jam fan from the past, too, right? <laughs>
3: you no, know, I wasn't a big video game guy growing up, So, but I do like NBA Jam.
5: <laughs> if there is uh, an NBA game ever been created, that's at the top of everybody's list, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, you know it's funny when I when I when I first started with the Nets, I walked into the cafeteria and there it was sitting right there in the corner, the old video game, big big uh the, like you know the arc big arcade game.
5: Yeah, that's, that's what I got standing in front of me right now, right here at Twin Peaks, ready right to rock, ready right to roll, ready to get some guys. And they they created the uh, the folks at Michelob Ultra. Uh, created a an incredible pair of shoes for the winter, and I actually have not the winter shoes on, but uh, a pair that they gave me. And I don't know if you're a shoe guy either, but it is absolutely outstanding. Telling you, incredible. And all this is getting ready for the All Star game here, which uh, certainly should be spectacular coming up in February and All Star weekend. So, hey, Bobby, big deal yesterday, about 24 hours ago, uh, the trade went down between the Raptors and the Pacers. What? Did you think about it overall from a Pacer standpoint getting Pascal Siakam?
3: Yeah, I mean, it just made sense. You know, it's funny. I I was joking with my editors because we have our big trade guides coming out. And I said, you know, people will never know what I wrote about Indiana and Toronto (laughs) because that's really what it was about. (laughs) It was about kind of going out and and trying to get that. um, You know, I said they had, you know, they basically checked the boxes of all the different resources they had um, to go out and wait until free agency in, in Siakam. became a free agent he would have been probably traded by then um you know would have been challenging just because you'd had to go through some loopholes just to create some money you know open up some room and everything like that and i think you know you you didn't have to touch any of your um you know your your core young players um you know certainly bruce had played well for you but you know his salary was needed and then jordan and you get Kier lewis from the pelicans and kind of reroute them and you know two of those picks are this year um you know certainly that thunder pick will be in the late 20s probably 27 20 you know indiana's teens early 20s possibly here um and then it's that pick out in 26 that's got some light protection on it here but it it just it just made sense um it made sense the timing you know the timing was right i think as far as where this this roster is um i think the big thing now is you, you know you've got two bookends with Halliburton and Siakam, and now it's like you've you've got to have one of, you know, outside, you know, certainly not including Miles, you're going to have to have one of your your young kids hit, right? Like, you know, you've seen some good things with Matherin and what, you know, how Walker – Developed here, I think it'll be interesting what's what holds the future of Toppin moving forward. Who's going to be a free agent? You know, Buddy's a free agent too. Um, but all in all, I thought it was I thought it was a, a, a smart move by the Pacers to go out and you know not wait until the you know, free agency, not wait until it got closer to the deadline. But you know three weeks out, if uh, if that's something you want to do, go out and do it.
5: He is Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. You can find him at Bobby Marks42 in the social media platform land known as X. He's with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pilot I, I honestly described this, Bobby. I, I thought this was um, something that, I mean, given what the Pacers are giving up, something you have to do. Like, I, I set up originally some boundaries, I, I didn't want to see them dump Matherin. I didn't mm-hmm. want to see them have to include Nimhart, for example, yeah. and it always kind of seemed mm-hmm. like they were going to have to do that. Was this an absolute gotta do type of deal from a Pacer standpoint, as I have described it, as me thinking it was in the past twenty four hours?
3: Yeah, I just think because of where the cost was. I mean, I think there's certainly a away number or away package, right? I mean, if you're if you're asking for Matherin or Walker. Uh, and you mentioned them hard. You know some of your younger players here. Um, you know there's there's a point where if, you know you, you can walk away from the table here, and when none of those guys are involved. And I I think what you know we're, we're seeing here is that I mean you can have two guys on your roster making you know 35 40 million dollars, which Indiana's going to have next year, and then you've got a lot of these you know as you, as I said, you Naismith, um you know the, the younger players here that you're going to need those eight to 12 million dollar players um to basically kind of balance out the, at the roster and if it wasn't it wasn't now I don't know when it was going to be because um you would have went through a playoff series who knows you do you lose in the first round you know who's available in free agency because as, as you know guys don't leave you know once they're there it's hard for guys to, have to sign guys from other teams when they become free agents
5: so Bobby Marks with us how do you think he fits and where is his game as he's ready to transition from late 20s to the age of 30, where is his game, both offensively and defensively, in Pascal yeah, Siakam, that you notice the Pacer fans will see?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think what, you, what you've what you seen is a little bit of a decline as far as from, you know, in, in the 1920 season, he took 6.1 um, three-point three attempts. That's down to 3.7. So it's not like you're you're getting this you know, a stretch four that can go out and, you know, you know, hit, you know, five of eight from deep here. You know, high percentage on twos. I think it's the third highest in his in his career, but he's a he's a big, long, you know, six six nine, six ten, can can, can defend the multiple positions here. Um, can get up and down the floor. Um, you know, he's gonna be I think he's gonna be thirty. Um, and he's got some durability, you know, he's, he's, you know, he played 68 games in, in, uh, 21, 22, 71 last year. He's played 39 this year here. Um, first two, uh, two out of the first three years, he only missed, um, three games here. Um, so there is, you know, you do have a durable player. Um, you know, as far as he, he fits, he fits kind of what you need.
5: To Bobby Marks, who's with us. A lot of folks have pointed the finger at a defensive decline as well. Is that something you noticed out of him?
3: I think sometimes it's a matter of listen. You have you went from Nick Nurse to uh, to Darko, their new head coach there. Um, there's a change in system there. You have different players. Um, you went with, from Kyle to Fred. Um, Ananobi gets traded. Now you're there, kind of you know a little bit of an on, on an island by yourself. I think it's a matter of what the schemes are going to be. Um, you know, certainly in uh, in the in you're not you're not asking him to come in and be all NBA defense, right? You're asking him to kind of you know a, a play a play a significant role where, you know, you had a little bit of a deficiency.
5: What do you think this does for this Pacers team overall? I mean, what, what, what's your thought and belief that this addition can do with already having the return of, of Halliburton from injury here relatively soon, Miles and the rest of this roster as it's viewed right now?
3: Yeah, I mean, are you where Boston is? Are you where Milwaukee is? I mean, I know they played Milwaukee extremely well and stuff like that. I think it's a matter of, like, now it's more about consistency. It's like, you're not going to sneak up on teams anymore, right? Like, that day in A.E. You know, you, especially when you when you got two guys like Hal Burton and, and Siakam here. Um, like, that's not going to happen. So it's now about, you know, going from, wow, this was a fun team. You know, they were a team that was, you know, fighting for a playing spot, and then they are fighting for the uh, top six team. And now... You know the hard part always comes. What's next? So what's next is that you you want to see this team in a first round, in a series. You know, best of you know seven series. Who knows where they go from there? And then you kind of figure out what you need from from after that. I think in the next three weeks will be an interesting thing as far as what happens with Buddy, who's on an expiring and. Like if there's a, a trade that comes out that you can get draft a draft pick for, does it makes sense to go out and do it, or is buddy too valuable to kind of where where your roster is right now and everything? But yeah, I mean, I think it's still it's still a process as far as from a um, you know a, you know from a developmental standpoint as far as because you do have whether it be Andrew or Ben or Isaiah, you know Aaron, you know Jarius. I mean, there, it's a, a, a Mathurin also. There's, it's still a on the back end, it's still you have a nice young a group of players.
5: So Bobby Marks of ESPN with us talking about the Siakam deal from the Raptors to the Pacers. He joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. You brought up Buddy Heald, um, and the maintaining of flexibility for another deal is something we've also talked about here. Whether well, you're talking about Buddy Heald, you know, Jalen Smith is a name that, that pops up in all this too, Obi Toppin as well and now you do have a a log jam with siakam in there behind him i i would suggest that it's probably a pretty good feel that they make another deal before the trade deadline would you agree And, and you mentioned the draft selection path would they go to that or would they go to try to bring in another player what do you think that path might be
3: I think you want to go I mean if you if you can maybe pick up a, a first down the road um but I do think you want a guy on a controllable contract I mean you just kind of look at where where the finances are they've got 105 million 105 million in contracts next year you got to add a Siakam number there that does that get you to 150 luxury tax at 172 and you've got Toppin and heel as free agents I mean that's the kind of the math as far as where you're looking at it from, from Indiana. So are you, it's basically, you know, obi has got a, a rookie last year, this rookie contract. Can you go out and find another guy on a rookie contract, but has maybe two more years left. And it kind of just, you know, strings along there.
5: Yeah. The other thing that I had mentioned to people I felt was important is they clearly, and Tyrese Halliburton was talking about that today, uh, kept him in the loop. Uh, he offered up his thoughts on bringing in, See, can, and and that's important too, is it not? To have the best player on your team in that loop. You know, they talked about the conversations leading up to Halliburton's extension to, you know, making sure that he has some input on stuff like this and making sure that your centerpiece is happy in this case. The Pacers also get that done.
3: Well, I mean, anytime you invest, you know, two hundred six million dollars in, in, in your point guard here, and he's the face of your franchise, and you can go out and get another All Star, and it, and I think it's yeah, you can say oh we can go get this All Star, but I think it's like hey we can go out and get Pascal Siakam. How does he fit with you? You know, can you know, can you play with him? How does his style fit? I think that's where it has to you know that's where you you bring that player into in, in, into the mix here because it does it does change a little bit of the dynamics of, of, um, you know, from an expectation level here. And I, you know, I definitely agree that, you know, he should be part of that conversation.
5: Yeah. It, um, I just thought yesterday was a good day all the way around. I really did. And like I mentioned, there were some, again, boundaries that I would have struggled with, but given what they, they gave up and what they're getting in return, I just, I I thought that that was an absolute can't miss. No brainer. Uh, Even if you don't have an absolute guarantee on the back end of this, And even though you may end up paying a lot at the back end of this, those are really only the two things that I thought you could even consider even remotely as being a negative, Bobby, about this.
3: No, I mean, listen, any trade, big, small, minor, um, there's risk involved in everything here. I mean, here I think it's more of kind of, you know, what the financial risk is on, on maybe years three and four when Siakam's 32 and 33 years old, and that's something to worry about two or three years from now here. Um, You know, you know, it's interesting that the one pick that goes to Toronto is a pick that you got the night of, you know, right around the draft. And, you know, that, that's like, I always say to people, like, there's always like parts two, three and four to when teams do deals, because there's always going to be another, another trade out there as far as what you can you know move in the future.
5: So Bobby Marks with us, Hey, before I let you go, anything else you're thinking about that may may pop on the horizon? Prior to the trade you know, deadline, but, throughout the NBA landscape,
3: you know, I mean, I think it's a matter of you know this new CBA that's coming in. CBA is already in, but some of the harder rules are going to be t- starting in um, right in the off season here. Kind of how to team some of these teams that won't be able to send cash and deal or aggregate contracts and do some things that they can do now. The Phoenixes, the Milwaukee's, the Boston's, those high, the Clippers, those high spending teams. I think we'll, we'll probably continue to talk about Zach Levine for the next. Three weeks, we'll see what happens, what goes on in um, in uh, Atlanta. Lakers have played a little bit better, um, you know, certainly of, of late here. So the big names, I think, are certainly off the board. But, you know, there's, there's always one or two guys that we're not thinking about that, you know, eventually becomes available.
5: Hey, Bobby, in closing, do you think there are any teams out there that may have got a little bit discouraged because the Pacers and the Raptors worked this thing out? Were there other teams directly involved that may – May feel a bit of disappointment today.
3: I, you know, and I think there was there was risk. I think there was risk with Siakam, and I think with the Pacers, they did their homework, and there was a comfort level that you know there was going to be a long term partnership moving forward here. I think if there was some assurance from him, whether it be in uh, Sacramento or Golden State or some of these other teams, I think those teams would have been maybe a little bit more aggressive as far as um, you know signing, you know, committing long term here. Um, but I think you would rather find out, you know, you know, um, you know, what happened with Indiana compared to you, you trade for him and then he leaves for nothing. And you've already traded two or three first round picks.
5: It's so Bobby Marks. You can find his work at Bobby Marks 42 on X, ESPN NBA Front Office Insider. Uh, Marist College standout, by the way, not the biggest video game aficionado while he was I growing what, up. Although, love. I, I loved, keep on seeing yeah. all these Marist
3: College alums. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to. I don't know if I'm going to be in the top ten anymore. These, these, uh, you know. I know Schmitz is already at number one, and he's not. he not going anywhere there? But goodness gracious, we <laughs> got Marist alums popping up all over the place.
5: Well, it's not even about Rick Smith and what he did here in Indianapolis. It was about being coming to America. He, The moment he was on that, so the moment he was on that, that everything changed from Marist College, didn't it not?
4: <laughs> it sure did.
5: Hey, I appreciate you always jumping on here and explaining things so we can completely understand that. Bobby, I'm sure we'll do it again down the road. Thank you.
4: Sounds good. You got it.
5: Bobby Marks of ESPN. I, I do, and I know James can back me up on this. He is a great guy because all James does is call him and he comes right on. I didn't see this, BT. Miles Turner reportedly ranked second on Pascal Siakam's dream team list. Right after, Kevin Durant. <laughs> I'd like to tell a lot of you guys to stick it. You know what? But Lee, I'm a little too adult for that. I'd love to just tell everybody to stick that. That's funny. During all those years in Toronto, Siakam would tell people close to him how Turner was the kind of stretch five who would work wonders for his game after um, his dream scenario of the Raptors somehow landing Kevin Durant. Turner was next up on his personal preference list of players with whom he would love to play. Tyrese Halliburton met with the media out in Sacramento a little bit earlier today, too, and I got some quotes from that. We'll get to that as well. Uh, We got Eddie Gill joining us from Sacramento coming up at the top of the hour from the Pacers Television and Radio Network, and Greg Doyle, uh, we'll ask him about this, but also get into his latest column regarding uh, Jim Irsay and the path that Greg and others believe should be taken here uh, moving forward with the uh, the ownership direction and those making the decisions regarding the team. Greg joins us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. NBA Jam, the arcade game is here. Twin Peaks, 82nd and I-69. You with the high score can win just an incredibly awesome pair of shoes courtesy of Mick Ultra. You can have Ice Cold Mick Ultra while you're here, too, but you can win these shoes with the high score, and then you'll get entered for the finals where you could win the NBA Jam arcade game itself, along with other prizes. So get here. High score moves on to the finals. Twin Peaks. We're at 82nd and I 69 here, and a lot of stuff to get to. Don't go anywhere. 93.5107 by the fan
6: Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
2: The Ride with JMV. If somebody gets in your face and calls you a, I want you to be nice. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
5: Hey, welcome back. We're with NBA Jam, Michelob Ultra, and Twin Peaks at Twin Peaks on the northeast side in Castleton, 82nd and I-69. We're playing. We actually have the arcade game, the stand-up arcade game, NBA Jam. The high score will win an incredible pair of shoes. I know Nick is taking video of this right now. Uh, Courtesy, and I mean original. These are original Nikes. I actually have them on right now. I think I should show you guys. I'll tell you what. Let me show them to you guys. Go ahead and get inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live right now. I will show you the shoes that you can win. All right, you guys looking, you guys watching, here are the shoes that you can win right here. They are official Nike Michelob Ultra courtside, and you you see that logo everywhere in the NBA. Nike Air shoes right here in... Blue and gold colors. These are awesome. If you guys want to win, not these. These are mine. But ones just like these. NBA Jam until 6 o'clock. High score wins and advances to the finals downtown. Coming up, I believe, in February. Downtown um, at Brothers. And can win the NBA Jam arcade game. And get other special stuff courtesy of Michelob Ultra. Those shoes are awesome. Hopefully you got it. I'll give you guys a look here inside the AAA membership. YouTube Live coming up again in a second. Eddie Gill, former NBA, or both Pacers Radio and TV. His thoughts on a deal. What Tyrese Halliburton had to say earlier today regarding the deal. And all else that surrounds Pascal Siakam coming to the Pacers. Pacer Sacramento later on tonight. Of course, that can be heard right here on the fan. And then a back to back tonight, tomorrow, Sacramento and Portland tonight, tomorrow. That is here on the fan. All right, Greg Doyle is going to join us at the five o'clock hour. His thoughts on moving further down the path regarding Jim Ursay, Colts owner. We got that as well as Pacer conversation coming up once again. Membership Lounge, AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. Here are the shoes you can win playing NBA Jam. Get the high score here at Twin Peaks, and you are a winner with our friends here at Twin Peaks, Michelob Ultra, the NBA Jam folks, and everybody here. Get here and see if you can win these with 93.5, 107.5 The Fan.
0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. And participating McDonald's for a limited time.
6: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
2: The ride with JMV. Hey, my buddy, Swanson! Move steam ahead! Over there! I want to go over there! I'll move over, Swanson. I'm driving. 935 and 1075, the fan.
5: Welcome back! Bobby Marks, ESPN, a little analyst work on that trade for Pascal Siakam. Between the Pacers and the Raptors, podcast 107 at five the fan.com. Twin Peaks Northeast Side with Mick Ultra. We are giving you a chance to win these original Nike courtside air shoes right now. Original to Michelobe Ultra. By getting the high score on NBA Jam, let's face it, too. If you were a kid of the oh, I mean, hell, an adult of the 90s, you know exactly what I'm talking about with NBA Jam. Anthony right now has the high score. He just went with the NBA Jam duo from Golden State of Tim Hardaway and Chris Mullen is what you did right here. You think, I'm going to go, I may go up there and see if I can beat Anthony with Brad Lojas and Blue Edwards of the Bucks. I may. Mean, <laughs> <really good. laughs> well, maybe I go, and I'll say the Bullets, not the Wizards. Tom Gugliotta and Harvey Grant. About that. Oh, here's the best. Mike Uzzolino and Derek Harper of the Mavericks. The 24th ranked squad right there. <laughs> Greg Doyle, the star, coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. You won't want to miss that on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. By the way, until 6 o'clock, you have to play this and get that high score. Advance on. You could win the stand-up arcade game NBA Jam in the process. Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, Pacers Radio and TV. Former NBA guard Eddie Gill joins us. Were you big NBA Jam fan?
1: Absolutely. I love that game. What was your what was your team? What team did you use most often? Well, it was it was a uh, late '90s, so anything Bulls was was the thing to do.
5: <laughs> yeah, you're right. I was looking at the the Pacers in this version. I believe is Reggie Miller and Detlef Shrimp. right here. Yeah, so cool. was uh,
1: you would have been, been might have been on that also.
5: Yeah, you would have been. I don't know. Hey, check the Bulls team out because this has Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant. Yeah, that's right. a mem- the bulls too right here. So that's- man. It is one of the, Eddie, one of the all-time favorite video games. And we're giving away a, a, a great pair of original Michelob Ultra Nikes. And I, you, you know, obviously you follow this team around, been to all these NBA games this year and how prevalent Michelob Ultra has been in sponsorship uh, with the NBA and certainly leading up to the All-Star Game. And this is just part of the festivities leading up to that today at Twin Peaks. I'll get back to that with you in a second. But let's talk to Bobby Marks. And he gave us the uh, analyst work as a former general manager about the deal that went down between the Raptors and the Pacers yesterday. You as a former player, um, I I go for the eyeball test just because I don't want to mess with the analytics of it. You as a former player probably do both. What did you think about it when you first heard, and how well do you think Siakam will fit in with this group moving forward? Um,
1: Initially when I heard it, you know – First and foremost, uh, I kind of think about the the, the humanity of it. Uh, some, a lot of times, I get lost in it all. So, um, yeah. you know, the the fact that Bruce Brown's on a road trip, he's going to pack and move, but then I understand uh, the business of aspect of it also. And then just kind of transitioning to, from a basketball perspective, I think it's a great it's a great move for the Pacers uh, in terms of you know what you're trying to do right now, and that's wins at a, at a high level. Uh, not only get to the playoffs, but now this is an expectation when you get there. <clears throat> it might transition to win in the playoffs because you have a, another all-star caliber player uh, to play alongside, alongside Tyrese Halliburton, Miles Turner's playing great basketball. Um, and then Siakam just fills a void in which the Patriots haven't seen uh, in quite a time in terms of all the versatility, his size, athleticism. Uh, he's got the, he's that long athletic wing that can defend on the other end as well. I think that's definitely a, a huge gap that, they, that he can fill. And uh, overall, it's a positive mood.
5: So, Eddie Gill, who was with us, Um, how does it fit offensively, too? Because the Pacers had a great deal of offense. How much can this offense improve? And is it also about, you know, taking the pressure and just having another option? I, I mentioned this, Eddie, in comparison to the Colts. We all talk about how Anthony Richardson moving forward, you need to be surrounded by weapons, more weapons. And even though you look at just how well the Pacers played offensively, And you do need to still get better, as they are defensively. But I never thought that adding weapons to a team like this and to just an elite-level player all the way around like Tyrese Halliburton would be a bad idea. How do you think he fits in offensively with this group the way that it looks?
1: Uh, I think he fits incredibly well. Uh, He he does a great job in transition. He has the same attack mindset in which the Pacers have played with uh, throughout the season in terms of early offense, random offense. But also, I think about, again, I go back to playoff-style basketball. Inevit- inevitably, the game's going to slow down. Um, you need guys who can force a double team. So you can put Pascal Siakam in the post. He's he's going to force a double team. Or otherwise, he's going to get 40 that night. Uh, and when he does force a double team, you get the opportunity to knock down open three-point shots um, in, in a playoff environment or, or, again, when the game slows down at the end of the game and, it, and it's tight. Because um, you need guys, multiple guys on the floor, who can, can draw a double team and put the opponent in a scramble situation and, and freeing up shots for everybody on the floor. And, and I think that's ex- exactly what he does. Re- uh, obviously, Halliburton has done that uh, since he's been here. Uh, so now you got two guys on the floor who can get that done. Yeah, and obviously you're not going
5: to see him tonight where you are in, in Sacramento. I don't know when you're going to see him back on the floor. I also would, I guess, pleasantly surprised. It looks like that according to how we felt when he got injured last week, it kind of looks like, Tyrese Halliburton is ahead of of a lot of schedules, I would guess out there. Is he not?
1: Yeah, uh, I think so. Ahead of um, an initial estimations, he's uh, he's looked good in, in terms of practice and uh, just starting to get reacclimated to the team and and and, uh, and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it looks like ahead of schedule, and um, I'm not sure when if they've even uh, targeted a specific game or date or anything like that, but. Um, whenever it may be, I think it'll be ahead of what initially you thought, especially, you know, we all had that imagery of, of him being carried off the floor. So it didn't look good then, but um, incredibly optimistic at this point.
5: Hey, how long does it take a new guy, especially one of the magnitude, you know, a, a centerpiece offensive player like Siakam to acclimate to a new team?
1: Um, I think, that, I think there, uh, you have a lot of uh, high IQ guys. You know, he himself, just watching him play, he seems to be a high IQ guy. And, and also, also with the randomness of the game today, uh, there's not as much play calling. So it's more, more about floor spacing and concepts, which are pretty um, standard throughout the league. Now, the verbiage, terminology, those types of things, that'll, that may take some time. Um, some of just overall continuity where a guy like to have the basketball um, in, in terms of how, the flow of the game and how they play with teammates, some of that stuff will take some time. Uh, but but really, I think one of the biggest adjustments will just be terminology specifically on on the defensive end of the floor in terms of whether, you know, showing on pick and rolls, trapping, pick and rolls, switching, uh, what the help side defense looks like and, and all those types of things. Those, those things will may take some more time and may not see a complete flow until after all-star break.
5: Eddie Gill, Pacers television and radio. Pacers Sacramento coming up later on tonight. Of course, a game you can hear right here on the fan. First of yet another out west back-to-back. And we know the back-to-back Sunday, Monday to Denver, Salt Lake City didn't go well. Sacramento to Portland is what you have coming up later on tonight, too. Um, What what do you make of that? I I said this back on Monday, and it was a dumb idea. Um, I thought that had the Pacers started in Utah and then gone to Denver, that, you know, they played better against Denver, but, I mean, Denver's the defending champions. I thought, even though Utah was more of the blowout, I thought maybe if they would have switched those around, they would have got more of an opportunity to get that win. It just looked to me like once they lost in Denver, I mean, you could see it maybe was a quarter, a little bit more of a quarter, and there was a lot of running out of gas, I felt, going on in Salt Lake City on Monday.
1: Yeah, I think the way that was going to be a tough trip, especially you take into account the way the Utah Jazz are sure. playing right now. It's not—it's not the same team that people saw in Indianapolis. Um, I don't know, a month or two ago, whatever it was, they were—they were in Indy. It is a very different team that uh, they're playing with a significant chip on their shoulder. Uh, so they're—they're they're beating a lot of people like that. Matter of fact, they had the Nuggets in town. They blew them out um, earlier, prior to that game against the Pacers. So um, so that's a very different team than what you saw here. And I, uh, the Patriots at that time, not only down Halliburton, um, were also down were down. Neesmith and, and Bruce Brown didn't play in that game either. So that didn't help you. Um, so it, that, that game would have been tough if you were completely healthy, that uh, you were down manpower. So, um, you know, they, they just had to try to get through that one best they can. Uh, that team is playing really good basketball right now.
5: Um, you mentioned Bruce Brown and, you know, just the human aspect element of it and, you know, the moving part. But a lot of people have looked at Siakam as a defensive player, just not quite what he once was. And, you know, also looked at Bruce Brown as a guy that you're going to lose that arguably is your best on ball, your best singular defensive player. I, I, I guess I didn't really see that, but those that tell me, okay, I'll look at it. How do you see them being able to make it up defensively? And we'll just start with the loss of a guy like Bruce Brown. And not so much offensively, but how do they make that up defensively, Siakam or otherwise on this team?
1: Yeah, I think collectively. Um, and then I also think that Aaron Neesmith, um, you know, would would have an argument in terms of who's the best overall defender on the team. Uh, I think he's been in- incredibly um, impactful in-, in just one-on-one defense and being able to guard, you know, one through four. I always harken back to-, to watching him defend Joel Embiid for half a quarter in, in Philadelphia. Also, um, so I think they-, they definitely still have guys who can get that done. Andrew Nembhard, I think, is um, all- is right up there with those guys also in terms of one-on-one perimeter defense. Um, yeah, maybe Siakam, maybe not be may not be the defender that he was, you know, three four years ago, but I think he definitely is still a good defender. Uh, he has more size. He has more length. Um, so he can uh, do, do a little bit more things just from the, from that perspective, uh, provide some additional rebounding as well um, with this team. So I, I don't think uh, you're going to lose too much from a defensive aspect, uh, you know, when you're talking about those two different players.
5: How much, um, how much does this raise expectations for you with this trade acquisition of Siakam? across the board.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's definitely um, raised expectations. I, I think this is a team now um, that that can can buy. not not only get to the playoffs, but get there and and be contending and compete at a really high level. Um, not, again, it's not. I think it's gone from hey to get to the playoffs. Now we get to the playoffs and we're going to win and 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 try to <laughs> shake up the Eastern Conference a little bit for a team that wasn't expected to do as much to start this season. Even prior to the trade, I, I, I really do think that expectations have changed uh, with, with how they were playing. Um, I believe that you know prior to the trade, I want to say six games over 500 or something like that. Um, but you know, uh, on pace um, to win 45 to 50 games, you know, in the season, that, that definitely puts you in, in a good place. But uh, yeah, I think the expectations have gone to another level. Uh, Pascal Siakam is, is an all-star caliber player. Clearly, Tyrese Halliburton is, is that. Um, Miles Turner's name's been mentioned in in those types of conversations as well. And then you have, you surround those guys with three point shooting and they're improving defensively. So all all signs are pointing towards a team that should contend in the playoffs.
5: It's Eddie Gill, who joins us, Pacers TV and radio, Pacers Sacramento, coming up later on tonight. What's the squad going to look like? We saw Matherin uh, go out of the game. He tried to come back, then he went back out with that injury. Looked like he was practicing yesterday. What's the expectation body-wise they're going to have with this deal and what they have holding over right now in Sacramento?
1: Yeah, I think it'll be better than um – than anticipated, you saw. Yeah, Mathurin was out. Uh, Buddy Heald, I think he had a tweak or something during that during that game as well. Um, I don't know. If they've released who's who's in or out as of yet, but yeah. I think it'll be better than anticipated. You know, at, at the conclusion of that that Utah Jazz game,
5: I, I you know it it's got to be tough for Halliburton too. You want to go back and you really want to to show out against you know, the team that traded you. Uh, you're not going to get the opportunity that clearly teammate Buddy Heald's going to have in Sacramento tonight.
1: Yeah, it's always fun to go back and play against a former team, and and I'm sure he was looking forward to this and had it circled on the schedule uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, I'm sure Buddy will be happy to take up a couple more extra shots while Tyrese is not out there.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, and and I don't know how. It, it, It looks like to me that it affects certainly more Buddy than it does Halliburton. So I I know that you know there's been some things said and I'll be honest with you I I made kind of light of this a little bit earlier it wasn't a lot of people paying attention to Sacramento prior to the trade, and you really didn't know I mean, you, you know Buddy Heald, you knew him from Oklahoma and the college career he had, but you know, there's very little known, and then obviously you know, Tyrese Halliburton shows us exactly what he has in his game but he didn't seem like the one that had that overwhelming effect of being traded from Sacramento as Buddy Heald might I don't know if Buddy Heald got some negativity going out of the door or what, but that's, that's kind of how it feels. Felt, I guess
1: yeah I'm not exactly sure what what all that was about I do know what you're saying there there was something going on between uh Buddy Heald and the, whether I don't a fan-based team or a combination of the two or something uh he clearly was there a little bit longer than, than Tyrese and um yeah and then also you know when that early on those that team wasn't very good um and and now they are really good and, and now they're getting more attention so um but I'm not certain as to what the relationship was between Buddy and and the team.
5: How do you see Isaiah Jackson coming along right here? As as far as his overall game and coming off the bench, it seems like game in and game out, he even more solidifies his spot and a reason to give him more clock.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm super happy for, for uh Isaiah Jackson and what he's been able to do. Um Jalen Smith initially won the the backup, you know, five spot, and and now they've kind of transitioned in terms of lineups, and and now, you know, starting big, and Isaiah has been getting those minutes, but even early on in the season when he wasn't anticipated to play, and Jalen Smith gets hurt, or somebody gets in foul trouble, and then his number is called, each and every time that guy has gone out there and responded with with great energy, activity, they don't call his number, they don't call plays for him, but you look up, and next thing you know, he's got ten points and seven rebounds, three or four block shots, and and uh, he's making all the right plays, and I, I just really am, am proud of the way he's progressed from a from a rookie, where he was, you know, two years removed from high school basketball, and he is now, um, I believe, in his third year, and just really taking some some steps in a, in a really in a, in a great direction. And he's been he's been super helpful every time he steps on the floor.
5: You know, and and I guess it remains to be seen because, you know, I mean, who knows? They could do another trade prior to the trade deadline coming up here in February. But you talk about Jalen Smith being installed into the starting lineup. That was worked out a lot better, especially, I think, defensively for this team. And then you look at Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin has slid right into coming off the bench. And as of late, since that change was made, he's shooting the three at a higher clip, more prevalent in doing that. And and it looks like, really, from starter to bench, from bench to starter, that thing has kind of fit like a glove with this team since Rick Carlisle made the decision.
1: Yeah, it's been, it's been fantastic. And that's not hard. To, I mean, that's not easy to do when you have guys mm. who've been starting. They've been expected to start. And then all of a sudden, the coach calls you in the office, and they need you to come off the bench. Um, that that speaks to the culture that they've all created. You know, the accountability, their encouragement, and and the support that they all have as as a unit, to where guys go to the bench um, and respond in a, in a positive way, and that you know they're not pouting or sulking or feeling bad about themselves, and or pointing fingers at somebody else. Um, you reference Obi Toppin. He's been incredible coming off the bench. Um, he's, he's been great. I think his first couple games off the bench, he had his highest rebounding totals in, in those games than he, than he did when he was starting. So, um, you know, they've taken the challenge and, and, and channeled some of that frustration in, in the right way. Um, so yeah, incredibly impressive what he's been able to do. And, uh, and, and Buddy as well, He's starter some time he's coming off the bench and, um, they just go out there and, and, and do what, um, what, what Rick asked them to do, and they're doing it at a high level.
5: Hey, in terms too, we talked about defensively from an individual standpoint. Have we seen this defense, especially since that move? Have we seen this defense collectively, team wise, improve?
1: I think so. They, they've done a, a really nice job. You had Jalen Smith to the start the lineup. Aaron Smith uh, prior to his prior to him uh, kind of nursing an injury. Now I know he's been out of the lineup here the last couple of games, but. You add those those guys to the lineup, you add size, you add defensive focus, uh, you add some rebounding as well. So they've definitely improved over the last, I don't know, three weeks or so. Um, and just want to continue to start tracking in that same direction and, and not have Lippich back to, you know, kind of what we saw early on in the season where you're just trying to outscore people. You
5: know what, I know they have to in Sacramento. Portland Friday night, Phoenix to close things out on Sunday. Tuesday should be a hellaciously awesome night at Gambridge Fieldhouse. You've been thinking about that at all with with the chain? We'll see. Well, I, I mean, I I got. I'm going to fair a guess that Halliburton is back, and this is just me, not you, obviously. But Tuesday, with what has transpired, especially in the past 24 hours, should be a hellaciously interesting night at Gambridge Fieldhouse. Should it not?
1: Oh yeah, it'll be really fun, especially if you you know to your point, if you get keep everybody healthy these next few games and i I'm not sure what the game plan is for for Halliburton, but um you know with with the with the trade and and those types of things have been playing well it really and actually you haven't been there since you know the tail end of the holidays where the the arena was packed just about every night, so it'll be really nice momentum uh coming into that homestand as well, so it'll be a really good start to that homestand.
5: Well, and it needs to be too because that home stand's ridiculous. I, it, it is always incredibly tough to play in that first home game after a long road trip. But to get the defending champions, and then Philly, and then I think Phoenix and in Memphis. I mean, even without Morant, that's there, there's nothing right there. There's no gimmies right there. That's difficult as hell.
1: No questions. Yeah, those, those first three games are for sure uh, incredibly tough games, and and Memphis is trying to figure it out with John without John Morant now. But uh, yeah, those those three games at home will, are definitely you'll have your work cut out coming off of a, off of a tough road trip road trip before you go back out again, and you know you'll lead Memphis to go to Boston, so no nights off.
5: <laughs> well, I will say this: it'll be interesting tonight, but they they definitely on the second of this back to back in Portland because that's one of their bad home losses this year. They they need to get a little bit of payback, a little bit of get back in Portland tomorrow night too.
1: I would agree. but And having said that, though, Portland is never an easy place to play regardless of what lineup they march out there. You may talk about how young they are, and they're they're trying to rebuild and figure it out. Uh, Portland is a, is a tough place to play. And, uh, again, it's on the, the second eye of the back-to-back.
5: So, Eddie Gill, Pacers Radio, Pacers TV, Pacers Sacramento coming up later on tonight. You can hear that here. On 107.5 and 93.5, the fan. Of course, the former NBA guard on a lot of things, including Pascal Siakam, fit with the team, team presently Tyrese Halliburton, road trip and more. I appreciate you, my man, for coming on here. Um, Enjoy the time and yeah, get set once uh, everything is back to normal here and everything's happening at Gambridge Fieldhouse. That Tuesday night should be a humdinger, man. Be ready for it. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Appreciate you. You got Eddie Gill right there in the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Holy crap. Yeah, you know what? I I don't think in the original arcade game, getting back to my question regarding NBA Jam, this has Pippen and Grant. A lot of you are asking, what about the Seattle Supersonics, Sean Kemp and Gary Payton? This has Sean Kemp and Benoit Benjamin. And the 76ers, Hersey Hawkins and Jeff Hornacek. And these are great names right here, man. Just great. What what really makes it sad is how many of these dudes are no longer with us <laughs> that are a part of this game. It was. It was it. And then I think most people, video game-wise for basketball, still swear by it. And, and certainly around here. I mean, you, you hope you're going into... Another one of those defining eras, don't you? In basketball here? I mean, you always have that hope in basketball and and with the Colts and the NFL. And we'll see. But the most defining era, NBA-wise, not ABA-wise, but NBA-wise, was that of the 90s. And just think about, I mean, there's no doubt you had disappointments. I mean, Jess Kersey and the Larry Johnson four-point play still... Is one of those things you had in your mind. I mean, there are a lot of you know other situations that happened that that you didn't like. But man, you just saw the evolution of this team, this organization become something, become interesting, become relevant, or uh, relevant as far as you know, just in terms of the NBA landscape, which they just hadn't been. You saw the the individual player and Reggie Miller become relevant. I mean, across the board, there's so many great things that happen. And, and hopefully, you know, this is the type of, of beginning stage of an era like that. You guys already notice the Pacers and the NBA, but back then there was little notice. Little notice, and, and obviously the start of that, was the Byron Scott shot against Orlando in the postseason. And then after that, that's what you come to expect. And I think, to me, this is what you're going to come to expect with this team moving forward. That's my hope. And I know that there is a lot riding on it. And I know you're going to say, well, wait a minute. I mean, you're putting a lot on this. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot on this. All right, with me being this vocal about how I expect so much out of it, there is a lot riding on it. Also a lot riding on your visit to Twin Peaks on the northeast side today. I want to see you here because I want you to play NBA Jam. The high score wins, if you're watching via the A Membership Lounge, YouTube Live right now. These are the shoes you can win. These are Michelob Ultra Courtside Nike Air shoes. You can win these. Blue and gold, the combination right here, which is awesome. You can win these with the high score on M- NBA Jam right here. You can pick whatever team that you want to, and you can win these. Now, when you win these, if you are the champion, you advance to the finals. And the finals coming up in February downtown at Brothers where you can win the NBA Jam video game. The arcade game itself, which is right here, and incredible prizes, courtside concert tickets. And so much more, courtesy of Michelob Ultra. Our friends at Zink are here, too. These are awesome, and this is great. We've got a lot more stops to make. This is the first of many with Michelob Ultra. We're at Twin Peaks today. So join us. Get off work and join us. Take your shot at NBA Jam, and we'll see if you can be the champion, win these shoes, and then advance on to the finals, which are forthcoming at Brothers Downtown in February. All right. I left some of you on the board yesterday. I've got time for you right now, 239-1070. If you did not get on the phone with me yesterday about the Siakam deal, it, now's the time. i got a little bit of time between now and Greg Doyle joining us coming up at the top of the hour, 239-1070. We'll get your thoughts on that. I have Golf Expo passes for you. And when you hear Gavin Rossdale of Bush your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Bush Candlebox and Jerry Cantrell of Allison Chains downtown at the White River State Park. The lawn right there, which is just an awesome venue coming up on August the 4th. It's your chance at tickets. I actually talked to Gavin Rossdale uh, a little bit earlier in a conversation that I taped. He was getting ready. I believe you may see this, I guess, later on tonight. He said he was getting ready to go on Jimmy Fallon. Uh, we were talking, he was in New York, and, and I was you know, downtown at the studio. We were talking about a variety of things, but he also brought up just how much he loves being in Indianapolis and how many times, more than a handful. There were like a couple of X-Fests. He was in Bloomington once. I saw Bush, I think, no doubt, in Goo Goo Dolls at Assembly Hall in Bloomington back in the mid-'90s. A staple Bush and Gavin Rossdale was. When you hear him as a reentry, with a bush song, that's your cue to call. Number nine is going to win those tickets coming up before the end of the show, but I'd love to see you. Twin Peaks Castleton with our friends from Zinc Michelob Ultra NBA Jam. Your chance to win again these shoes that you're looking on the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live at Twin Peaks this afternoon. Until 6, Greg Doyle, top of the hour. It's 93.5107.5 The fad. Don't go anywhere
6: Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
2: The Ride with JMV it's called Sex Panther by Odeon. It's illegal in nine countries. It's quite pungent. It stings the nostrils. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
5: Hey, thank you for joining us. The Golf Expo at the State Fairgrounds. How about a pair right now? Number nine at 239 You can go on me. Golf Expo State Fairgrounds is always a blast. Anything that you need in golf to make your game better, or at least your opinion, BT Dew is not going to make his game better. Yeah. They do. Yeah, exactly. So, number nine at 239-1070 is going to go to the Golf Expo on us. At Jambi 1070, Casey writes this. What the hell would he have to had been unhappy about? Getting a regular playing time. Oh, we're talking about the Bruce Brown. So, let me get back to this. I'm sorry, Casey. I thought that was something different. So, Nate sent me this. And, Nate, you'll have to tell me where you got this from. Uh, this is just a a snippet from a write up regarding the trade it reads as follows everyone knew that the raptors needed to get something for pascal siakam before he had free agency Everyone knew the Pacers needed an upgrade at power forward and were shopping for talent. And it was an open secret in league circles that Bruce Brown was unhappy in Indiana and his contract was essentially structured this summer to be a salary match for exactly this type of trade. The only thing to haggle over would have been the details. Now, I don't know where this was written up, I will say this, like the second half of that was accurate. I mean, that's one of the reasons why they wanted to, because you had to spend the money. If you remember back in the summer, one of the reasons why they chose Bruce Brown and gave him the type of deal that they did is because of considering the type of deal that they could move on in this situation. So that part of it is right. However, somebody's going to have to help me out here. I don't remember a time where I ever thought or I ever heard, I ever read outside of this where Bruce Brown was disgruntled about being here or upset about being here. It always looked like that he fit in quite well around here. So I don't know. I I need to be able to tell you. Where that is from, Nate, you'll have to tell me where that's from. But that that would be news to me. The other part of it's accurate because that's exactly – that, to me, is the skill and strategy to be able to go out and get somebody like that. What's up, Paul? And I love that aspect of it. I'd never heard anything about Bruce Brown around here not liking being around here. News to me. All right, again, NBA Jam, you play it, high score gets – you're watching via the AAA Membership Lounge YouTube Live, these shoes right here, these incredibly original blue and gold Michelob Ultra courtside Nike Air shoes, just like I have, you'll win these with the high score in advance to the finals, where you can win the NBA Jam arcade game itself, which is awesome love to see you here again i'll be here until six hanging out we'd love to see you come up here and see if you can challenge the high score of anthony so far 239 1070 is the number it's gonna is it brandon up next or brendan i'm sorry brendan or brandon when well, we got brandon my bad brandon go ahead
7: yeah uh, you, you came to my uh well actually i was at buffalo wild wings last year when you we had my uh I was there for my birthday last year it was right right after the Colts season
5: i remember that
7: yeah so how you been man
5: i'm good i'm good what would you like to discuss here
7: well, i was just going to say i think the siakam deal was good i mean the only concern i have is if you can't sign him but i think the pacers will try to sign him and it doesn't sound like the draft was uh very good for this coming up here anyway and you've got a lot of talent there so now, was there a third player in the, involved by the name of Lewis?
5: Yeah, I think he ended up he ended up in Toronto. I think was his situation. Yeah, I think went. What did he go from the the Pelicans? Because there was a third team involved. Uh, I think the Pelicans got a second rounder, and then I think Lewis ended up going to Toronto as a part of this as well.
7: Okay, so so the Pacers are still short a player, aren't they?
5: Um. Well, they. I know that they they've got to. They, I think they, they cut loose James Johnson. You know, that, that's something I'm going to talk about a little bit later. I don't know where this is all going to shake out once Tyrese Halliburton returns, but I know that you know, they've got to cut loose James Johnson, and they're going to bring James Johnson back. And at that point, I believe they will be at uh, the full level. That's, that's what Tony East told us yesterday, at least.
1: Okay.
7: Well, I think. Mean, mean, the full allotment I mean, I mean, of players. Yeah. Well, I think the trade was good, and uh, I, I listened to you on the uh, Takeover, and I need to call and request a song sometime.
5: You do? What would be the song you want to request on the Jamvie? By the way, Jamvie Takeover. Now, I'll, I'll always offer up whatever you want to hear, but Saturday night there's going to be a lot of 90s because I think B has a 90s weekend. So was there a 90s, an 80s, a 70s song? What song would what it about,
7: be? What about In the Air Tonight by Phil,
5: Phil Collins? I think if you call up on Saturday night and request that, I'll play it for you. Yes. All right, Jamie. Well take it easy, man, and it's always good talking to you. Right back at you. Brandon, thank you very much. Good to have you on again. By the way, face values the album of Phil Collins, I think, with in the air tonight back then. I'm looking at Paul Montgomery like Paul Montgomery knows right now. Paul's going, I have no idea what you're talking about. Hey, by the way, I believe Anthony is the clubhouse leader right now. In the line. Oh, you're tied right now? Hey, if you're getting off work, get here, man. Get that high score. Do you get a chance to put your initials up there on the high score like we did on LR? I always went with, I always went with, now I go with JMV, obviously. Back then, I went with JMG. I was so rarely on the high score board of anything, but I begged, much like that Seinfeld episode, for nobody ever to unplug it if I was close to the high score. I got in the top 10 in Donkey Kong and in Galaga, maybe a couple of others as well. NBA Jam, you can pick your own team. And this goes back to some of these great names of the 1990s. Top of the list right here, by the way, the best team according to the rankings of this video game on NBA Jam. John Stockton and Karl Malone. And you can, which is always fun, if you've ever played full court 2 on (laughs) 2, it is a little, (laughs) the high ball screen is fun as hell to do. Actually, you have to outlaw that. You can't play full court 2 on 2 and allow the high ball slip screen. You just can't do it. But you can, I'm assuming, in NBA Jam over there. Tied for the high score, the high score will end up winning. These shoes, which is outstanding. Greg Doyle, top of the hour. You know, something else we discussed a little bit yesterday. We'll get more in depth on with his latest column with the Indianapolis Star is with the TMZ report regarding Jim Ursay, the health of Jim Ursay, and uh, what should be the path moving forward. And Greg Doyle has a column. I know I'll give a shout-out to Bob Kravitz. Bob at BobKravitz.com was on with, with Jake and the gang and Query and Company a little bit earlier today and uh, I think had a similar viewpoint as far as Greg Doyle does. We'll get that from Greg, get thoughts on Pascal Siakam from Greg. And Greg's also had, if you remember last week, some pointed comments from former Hoosier and former Big Ten player of the year, Brian Evans, regarding the state of the team and one Xavier Johnson. We'll get Greg's thoughts on that. I think Greg has had some similar thoughts regarding Xavier Johnson and uh, we'll get that from Greg coming up here at the top of the hour two three nine ten seventy if you guys want to jump on board we can certainly talk you up regarding the Pacers that deal Pacers Sacramento later on tonight can be heard right here the first of a back-to-back With the Kings and the Pacers tonight, the Trailblazers and the Blue and Gold. That is coming up tomorrow night. Can be heard right here on the fan. If you missed any of it a little bit earlier, Bobby Marks of ESPN at ESPN.com. The NBA front office insider gave us his thoughts on how much he likes the deal, how much he expects from the deal, and what the Pacers got over it and then how Pascal Siakam will factor into it. Plus, you got this, Eddie Gill, a little bit earlier, too. That podcast at 107.5thefan.com. Eddie Gill from Pacers Television and Radio. Also here, too. All right, 239-1070, your calls and a lot more coming up on the other side. Greg Doyle, top of the hour. NBA Jam is what we're playing with Michelob Ultra and your chance to win these Michelob Ultra Nike Air shoes, limited edition shoes right here for the high score and to move on to the finals and to win even more. I'll explain back to your calls and more coming up next
6: Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something
2: new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. I fart in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberry. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. So here's what we're doing.
5: We're at Twin Peaks, Castleton, 82nd and I-69 playing NBA Jam. Uh, You remember from the 90s, NBA Jam, if you're a fan of basketball, if you were growing up in the 90s, certainly you played that game. Right, fellas, you know what I'm talking about? So with NBA Jam, if you're the champion today, the high score gets these. uh, Specially made Michelob Ultra Nike Air courtside shoes especially made in blue and gold. These are awesome-looking right here. This is what you win today if, again, you have the high score on NBA Jam, which is awesome to muff. But here's what happens afterwards, right? So anybody can come in and play. Now, if you win, you win these shoes. And you also get an invite to the finals on February the 15th. The finals are going to be at Brothers Downtown. The overall winner receives the NBA Jam Arcade Game. And you can take that home, just like the one we have right here. The original Arcade Game NBA Jam is right here. You can take that home. And you also get ultra courtside concert VIP tickets, too. So we're here to do this on the northeast side until 6, coming up next week. That's next Thursday at the Dugout off of Virginia Street with Nick and the gang down there from 3 until 6 on the 1st of February, back 9, right? Just uh, near south side of downtown on the other side of I-70 off of Morris, 1415 Drover Street is the exact address, back 9 on the 1st of February. Whiskey Business south side. that is on uh, Southport Road, Coming up on the 8th. And again, as I mentioned, the finals, Brothers Downtown coming up. And that's on the 15th. Brothers downtown. So those are the dates. And again, we'd love to see you swing by here and get your opportunity to win these and win those shoes as well. The shoes are absolutely outstanding. Thanks to our friends at Michelob Ultra, of course, our friends here at Zinc for providing the video game. And everybody's out here as well, hanging out. It's always a great time at Twin Peaks. And believe me, you sit around too. come on out, play this game, get you some great food. And uh, you get the Pacers in Sacramento coming up later on tonight as well. All right. What would you say, James? I missed that right there. Do I need to break here? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought James said I needed to break. My bad. Um, This is from Sean, and you're right. He mentioned JMV, the takeovers, the 90s coming up on Saturday. Seems like the perfect time to call in and request boys to men because, no doubt, the Daymar Services Gala is coming up on March the 2nd. And uh, Sean Stockman, who actually has been on the show before, Sean Stockman of Boys to Men, um, along with his uh, bandmates, will be there performing. I think last year it was Rick Springfield... And this year, it's going to be boys to Bend." So it's all. And we love Daymar's services, by the, well, too, by the way, too, which is outstanding. Uh, that's coming up on, again, March the 2nd. Yes, you're right. That should be the time. Uh, Charles says, hey, on NBA Jam, don't sleep on Scott Skiles' fadeaway corner three. I believe Scott Skiles and Shaquille O'Neal for the Orlando Magic is the duo that you get to play with right there, which is absolutely outstanding. Hey, JMV, did you know that you can pay the NBA Jam announcer to do a custom audio recording cameo style? An idea for your next show. That is a hell of an idea for the next show right there, Matt. Thank you very much. I always got to give a shout out to our friend Brian Evans, because last year at this time, Brian Evans, the former Hoosier, who was on the show last week and uh, created a bit of a stir, got a cameo appearance from me courtesy of Barry Williams. Of course, Barry Williams is the actor that portrayed Greg Brady in The Brady Bunch. That was when Brian Evans back in the day. Steve writes this, Hersey Hawkins and Jeff Hornacek were the Pacers of NBA Jam. You could light it up but don't expect to stop absolutely anyone. That is correct right there, Steve. Thank you. All right, Bobby Marks a little bit earlier. More on the Pascal C. Ockham deal with Bobby from ESPN. And Eddie Gill, former NBA guard, Pacers TV and radio, also earlier today regarding that deal on the matchup in Sacramento. Back-to-back tonight, Sacramento tonight, Portland tomorrow for the Pacers. Coming up next, Greg Doyle of the star columnist, among other things, in the Pacer News, we'll talk about his latest column regarding uh, the path moving forward, or at least what he believed to be the path moving forward of Colts owner Jim Irsay. We'll talk to Greg Doyle coming up on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Again, NBA Jam, Michelob Ultra, and fun being had today. We're at Twin Peaks on the northeast side. Hour 3 straight ahead, Ninety-three five one zero seven five. The Fan
6: Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
2: The Ride with JMV. Son, you got a panty on your head. You drive fast, eh? <laughs> <laughs> 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
5: Hey, welcome back. We're at Twin Peaks today, northeast side, 82nd and I-69 with Michelob Ultra, our friends from Zinc, and the first of a handful of opportunities to you to play NBA Jam, and if you're watching via YouTube Live, the AAA Membership Lounge, you can, like Anthony right now has got the high score, you can win these shoes, these official Nike Air Michelob Ultra courtside shoes in blue and gold, and then you can advance to the finals where you can win the NBA Jam video game itself and just get all sorts of courtside opportunities with Michelob Ultra for concerts upcoming. Uh, And again, that's coming up in February, but your chance until six o'clock here at Twin Peaks to play and get the high score on NBA Jam. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from the Indianapolis Star, he is the columnist, Greg Doyle, who is joining us today. Hello, Greg. How are you?
4: I am good. I'm good. Do you they saw that candied bacon at Twin Peaks? Um,
5: I have had it before and it is excellent. Yes.
4: Yeah, I, I need I need me some of that. You you're gonna mail me some of the for being on the show, that'll be my gift. <laughs> I can, right? I can, yes. Well,
5: you know what? And we, we should have just given you a heads up, and you could come by and, and have some. The great place about Twin Peaks, is, as I'm sure you know, knowing about the bacon, is they make everything from scratch here. You're not going to find better food than what you're going to find. They got one here, got one down on the south side off of County Line Road. Great place to eat for sure.
4: I'm aware, and I have left the south side. I'm now on the north side. I've become bougie as i get older but also oh, i have a, I got a dog and i wanted to get a ground floor apartment and and we're hoping to buy a home home in a couple of months and there's all these parks up here so anyway i'm bougie but i'm near twin peaks so next time bacon's on me
5: oh man so you left us all on the south side
2: i, I wow listen,
4: the, the dog comes first I, I i do everything about the dog including <laughs> i left the game uh, and came home to take care of my dog and then wrote from home. I was like an hour later than deadline than normal because the dog comes first. And and my bosses understand, the, do- the dog comes first.
5: Well, you know, and I, and I come from, you know, I obviously grew up in southern Indiana with about 40 acres where my mom still lives. And uh, she often just has dogs come up and want to hang out, and she feeds them and then complains about why they're hanging out. So she lives down there on 40 acres. I have four where I live. Uh, down off of uh, the Johnson Morgan County line, so I understand. I, are you getting out with the dog? Or are you still going to stay in town?
4: Oh, oh no, we're we're gonna stay in town, but we we get out. Okay, we get out four or five times a day. But we're we're. We, what do you mean staying in town?
5: I got you. Yeah, I'm more I'm more of a, an, a, an out in the country type of guy uh, as it stands. But I know no, exactly what house. you're talking about.
4: I've got a city dog. He's very distinguished and very elegant. The only thing missing for my dog, he's a greyhound. The only thing missing is a top hat and a blazer. I mean he's that's how he looks. He wouldn't he wouldn't be right where you grew up. He he needs to be somewhere in the big city. I'm uh
5: I'm envisioning your uh your dog with a top hat, and maybe a monocle looking like Mr. Peanut right there. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, all right, I, we'll start right here. We'll get to the pacer stuff in just a second, but your latest column regarding the latest news and TMZ had the report a couple of days ago, and it's something that has floated around uh, around for a while, uh, which goes back to December and the the overdose around December the eighth um, that TMZ reported. Uh, of Jim Irsay, um with the backing of what a Carmel police report on that visit was about. Um, where do you believe the Colts and Jim Ursay ownership decision-making all should go from here? And again, I should say that all the Colts have said is that right now he's suffering from a severe respiratory situation um, and, and nothing regarding the TMZ report, but you have some pointed stances. I think, that you believe the Colts should take here moving forward uh, regarding decision-making of the team?
4: For sure. And uh, before I say that, I would like to make clear, because it kind of sounds jackal-ish if if I just come out and say what I'm about to say, but I I wasn't sure I was even going to write this thing today. You know, obviously the news broke a couple days ago. And, you know, when you have your job and I've got my job, and in these two jobs we're supposed to talk about, write about, you know, opine about, something about news as enormous as Jim Jim Irsay reportedly need needing to be revived from an overdose. So that is something we have to get into. But I didn't know what to say about it in print and did but anyway, so I sat down and started writing it, thinking it was going to be mainly about empathy and just, you know, I wish him the best and and before I know it I'm saying he's got to, you know, the team's gotta get handed off now. And you know, I oftentimes don't know, or I literally don't know precisely what I think about certain details until I start writing, and that's when I found out. I'll be damned. I, that's what I think. But the guy has – the guy. I love Jim. I shouldn't say the guy. Jim has been in, by his own admission, has been in rehab 15 times, at least 15 times. So this is not this is not a guy got caught with a DUI and, and did, did the thing people do and they went, went to rehab, and he's fine. This is a guy that's been fighting a – not entirely winning battle with addiction for decades and and he's 64 and whatever happened he he almost died december 8th you look you read that police report he was blue and turning cold and had to be revived i'm reading all of that and there's no way to, to escape the fact that he almost died that night enough's enough as far as him running the colts it's just not tenable it's not stable and furthermore and I hate to be that guy like condescending. Let me tell you what's best for you, Jim Merce, but I think the world understands that what's best for a recovering addict like this, battling the issues this hard, I don't think he needs to be running an NFL team. He needs to take care of himself. And lastly, pass that thing along to his daughter so we can know once and for all exactly who's going to own this team because otherwise you just never know what happens in probate.
5: Greg Doyle, his latest to the Indianapolis Star, the columnist regarding Jim Merce and There is no doubt he's been down that path a number of times. Gone down it again. I will say this, and I'm not going to have you speculate, nor will I speculate on it. But you know, given the fact that you know, even with what the Colts have said, it is alarming the length of time in which most that normally hear from him have not heard from him here.
4: Yeah, he's exactly. He's active. He's active on social media and. Loves to be part of the community and loves to do what, the stuff that he does. And I, that's alarming. I thought it was alarming. You know, Chris Ballard was put in a, in a, in a hard spot because the Colts are clearly trying to guard Jim's privacy as they have the right to do. But Ballard met with the media last week before we knew about this overdose, but it was two days after Earth Day had canceled an appearance in L.A. and the Colts put out a statement then saying the respiratory deal. So, so again, Ballard was asked, "How is Jim? What do you know?" And this is before we do about the overdose. And Ballard said, uh, "He's stable, and we're moving forward from there." Stable is not a word I wanted to hear at that moment. Stable is a word you hear from people who are in, you know, ICU but not trending downwards. Stable is not, yeah, not that he's in ICU, but but you could be in ICU and be called stable. Stable is not, as I wrote my story, if that's supposed to be comforting consider me uncomfortable. I don't like the word stable. I mean, I'm, I, I like it better than grave, but that's not where I thought Jim Irsay was right now.
5: Um, yeah. I, alarming was like the best word I could think of just because, you know, from from people that normally hear from him and as outgoing as he normally is, he hasn't been that and and alarming, disturbing, however you want to put it. But I do want to double back to your column and, and, and what you believe should transpire here moving forward. Do you have any reason to believe, let's just say, for example, we're going to have, you know, once again, a, a healthy Jim Irsay. Do you have any, any reason to believe that a plan as such would be implemented? No,
4: no, I, I don't. I just have reason to hope. I have, he's fighting this battle that um, you, you can't say it's losing necessarily because when you lose the battle for addiction, I, I think in, in, in the strongest terms, you're, you're not alive anymore. So he hasn't, he hasn't lost but it's an uphill battle, and he's – I mean, 15 times in rehab. thats That feels like – sounds like a misprint, but he said those words out loud to Andrea Kramer 15 times. So I just – I hope for his sake, but, but for everybody's sake, I i really – I know that, that probate can be brutal on professional sports franchises. You just Google the words uh, NFL, NBA, MLB, succession plan. Just Google that and find out how difficult it is to pass these t- things along, especially when you have multiple kids, not that the Ursay girls are, would be fighting over but you have multiple kids. He's been divorced. As far as I know, he's dating a woman right now. I don't really know beyond that. You just don't know who wants what. Like when, and, this, heck, when Ursay, when his own dad died about 25, 30 years ago, he had to go to court with his stepmother because they couldn't agree on who should own the team. And you'd think Robert Ursay, you'd think, would have had a pretty ironclad will explaining exactly what's going to happen to that team. Well, apparently not because Jim had to win it in court. We just don't need any of that. And Jim has just demonstrated on December 8th he is one bad decision away from being blue and cold and needing to be resuscitated. That is not sustainable. You know, we, we need to know who owns this team, not today, but who's going to own this team in five years, 10 years, 15 years, because Jim's lifestyle doesn't suggest he's going to be around that long. And I, I hate saying that. But just because something is true and ugly doesn't mean I'm not going to say it.
5: His uh, column is regarding Jim Irsay. Greg Doyle from the Indianapolis Stars with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline sharing his thoughts on what should now be the path regarding the decision-making ownership-wise for the Colts with what we know to be the latest regarding Jim Irsay. I would ask you this, too, and this is something I don't know how much you know. I- I've talked about. I don't know how much you've discussed with others, but... Is there a point in time, especially after this report this week, will the NFL step in with with any regard to the latest information from TMZ?
4: Well, trying to guess with Roger Goodell is you know it's just impossible. Who who knows? Sure. He, he he goes not far enough on some things and he goes way too far on other things and who knows? He's a weather vane. He'll he'll wet his finger, stick it up in the air, and see what people are saying, and, and then he'll make a decision. Then Robert, Roger Goodell is the most morally weak, $50 million-a-year guy I've ever seen. So I'm not impressed with Roger Goodell. However, as, as I kind of wrote, he shouldn't, but, he, but I wrote more strongly than that. He better not do anything to take the team away from, from Ursae because of this. You know, 10 years ago when he suspended Ursae for six games, Ursay was, you know, pled guilty to a misdemeanor, you know, DUI. I mean, people put people at risk, and that was the personal conduct policy and granted, overdosing on whatever he allegedly reportedly, the Carmel police think he overdosed on December eighth. That's not exactly great conduct. But that was in the privacy of his own home. Nobody got hurt except for him. Anyway, I just don't think it's right. I, I don't think you. Don't, I don't think you take the team from him or force him to ha- force him to pass it on to his daughters like that. I, and I don't think I don't think Goodell would do it. But again, Goodell is he is morally he he's an invertebrate. He he doesn't. He doesn't think like a human being. He thinks like a robot who just wonders what a human being would do in this case. He's going to take his best guess at what a human being would do, and then he'll do it. Whether it's human or not, only he knows.
5: Uh, so Greg Doyle is with us. There is a lot of unknown, and I, I don't have, honestly, um, Yeah, I, I don't have any thought regarding addiction. I've never been around anybody directly that has you know, suffered unfortunately, from, you know, what is that monster of, of addiction? But, I, I, I mean, is, is there not any, because is it too enabling because he's Jim Irsay and, and those around him? I mean, what, what, what is, and again, hopefully he is okay, and hopefully he, he comes back and he is healthy once again. What should be the steps taken? Let's just say, for example, you know, they don't transfer the power of the decision-making. What should be the steps just to hope that he maintains a level of good health, because ultimately, Greg, that's what we all want.
4: Oh, absolutely. Could we, you know, Jim Irsey right now is probably a punchline. I didn't, I didn't go looking. I don't want to see it. I don't really yeah. look at Twitter the way most people do anymore, so I don't really know that stuff. But I, I know society. I know what happened to Zach Eadie the other night. I know what's happening to Xavier Johnson online right now. I know what people do. So I'm sure Jim Irsey, people are enjoying the fact that he's got a disease and fell. You wouldn't enjoy someone having cancer, but they're enjoying his addiction and, and screw them all. Uh, and so I, I mean, I really like Jim. I don't know him that well, but I really, really like him. And he's so vulnerable and fragile, but honest. And he sent me a, a song he wrote and I've been asking him to begging him to let me put this in, in the paper someday. He sent me a song he wrote about a friend of his and and what I'm about to say is, is sounds in- impossible, but it's true, and I've thought this for two years since I saw this. The song he wrote is almost, and almost is really impressive, almost as good as Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. I mean, the, the lyrics, the words, the poem he wrote about his friend and set it to music is so good it blew my mind. So the guy's got so much to give. And I care about him, so I I say all that to almost apologize for saying this. He can't – he doesn't drive himself. He doesn't go out on his own. If he's getting his hands on whatever he's getting his hands on – and, again, the Carmel Police are calling it an overdose. They gave Narcan to revive him. So do I know he overdosed on drugs? No, but the Carmel Police think he did. I trust that they know what they're talking about. There's no way for him to get his hands on that stuff unless it comes to him. Or – yeah, well, it has to come to him, right, whether it's one of his – Coworkers taking care of him or whether it's some shadow guy outside I don't know but the point is he can't just get away from people and in privacy go get something you can, he's never alone like that so I'm angry didn't even think I was going to be angry until you asked me that question I'm angry that he was able to get his hands on something like that because he's not mobile like you and me and the fact that it happened is shameful and so you're asking me what should happen what should happen is the people around him need to look at the people around him starting with everybody, and try to figure out how to get his hands on this. And if he's been to rehab 15 times, how does it keep happening and make some changes or add some people or subtract some people or something? Because, as I say, this is not sustainable. It's not tenable. It's not fair. Addiction is not, you know, I I think the world's view on it, not everybody because people come around when they come around, but addiction is not – a sign of weakness. It's not a choice you make. It's a disease, and the thing about it is that a lot of us—and I say us because it could be—it could be me too. I don't know. A lot of us have this inside us, and unless we stumble across the wrong trigger, we never find out. So you talked about there, but for the grace of God or whatever you know, cliche you want to use, that could be any of us. And it breaks my heart that Jim's got to fight this so hard, but it pisses me off that he's not getting enough help. So. If you're listening to this, Colts people, hangers-on, security detail, front office people, wake the hell up and take care of Jim Irsay because a lot of people count on that guy.
5: So Greg Doyle of uh, the Star, this guy's latest column regarding Jim Irsay and. Well, we found out a couple of days ago in that report from TNZ that uh, they obtained the police report from the Carmel Police Department going back to December the 8th on uh, what they described as an overdose for Colts owner Jim Irsay on that date. And we should also mention that um, I I didn't see him on that day, that Steeler game on December the 16th, but uh, there were pictures taken in the locker room celebration after that game. Uh, We saw him then and then ultimately have not seen or really heard from him since. You you have anything as far as I know the Colts came out with, you know, that that release a couple of different times now as far as the uh, respiratory issue that he's having right now. Uh, Any news regarding that whatsoever?
4: No, and I've tried, and a lot of us have tried. You, you you, referenced earlier that, I forget how you said it, but you said things have been swirling. Is that what you said about mm, mm. whatever happened December 8th? Yeah,
5: kind of- yeah, because I think all of us, um, I, I don't often, and even though I can, because I can just fly stuff around if I want to here, there are some stuff, especially of when it's that personal, um, without any – you know without any concrete evidence to go go with but there's there's been i know that you've you've heard a lot of people that go to the Colts games certainly have heard stuff that is going on and then TMZ yeah. got the report i think that's what i was referencing too going yeah, going yeah. back oh, no, to Ryan, I'm not middle of december i'm
4: agreeing with you yeah i'm agreeing with you it was swirling yeah. and and i've been hearing about this for over a month and and but, but just like you you know you hear crazy stuff all the time and you hope it's not true and and I, I've tried. I've got, um, you know, we all have people that we know with these uh, these yeah. teams, and I've got I've got two folks that, well, I got more than two, but I've got two that I that I, I kind of like a lot, and that they like me, I think, a lot as as human beings, you know. And I don't really go to them for news or sort or stuff like that, but you know, I'm talking about you know big names, and and I asked them both apologetically, you know, I'm so sorry, I, I don't want this to be true, but if this is true, it's the biggest story in in the state right now, is is and I, asked, you know, here's what I'm hearing: is this true? And was never told no, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, was was just told we will never answer questions about Jim Irsay, his health is too it's too personal, it's too private. And I get that. And the reason why, in case anybody's wondering, I will tell you a story. Why? Well, if someone says you know, if they don't deny it, doesn't that mean it's true? Well, that was me in 1997, covering the Marlins. Uh, Dave Dombrowski is the GM. And, I, and I'd heard about a trade they were going to make or had made. I go up to him and, and tell, tell him about it, and I forget what it was. And he says, I'm not going to comment on that. And I said, I'm 27 years old at the time, and don't know what I don't know. It's stupid. And I say, well, if you won't deny it, then I'm going to assume it's true. And I meant it. And he said, he goes, Greg, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to do this one time, one time only. It's not true, he said. But if I only tell you no uh if I only if I were to say if I only deny it when it's not true, then yes, you would be able to read my mind. You would know, oh, he's denying it. it's not true. So even if it's true, I'm gonna say no comment. I'm never gonna comment. So the the fact that the Colts wouldn't confirm or deny his condition yeah. a month ago didn't mean anything. I mean in hindsight we know now there was an issue there, but you can't just hear the no comment and go, Ah, it's true. It,
1: you can't do that.
5: Yeah, I and <sighs> I, I mean, I, I had just, just basically, my stance is on this. I, I, that's all that you're going to be able to go on with that first release, and then the next one, um, until hell. I don't know when, to be honest. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean it, <laughs> it, they're going to stand on that for a while, so.
4: Yeah, and and you know this, the thing when I, I, I'm going to combine the two things that we're talking about now. What I got mad about earlier, the circle yeah. around him is so small. You know, it's one thing I say about Area Fifty Four. I think it's called Area Fifty Four in, in Albuquerque. Is that right? Area Fifty One, yeah. whatever
5: it is. Fifty 51, Yeah, we're UFOs. Yeah.
4: Yeah, Studio Fifty Four, Area Fifty One. <laughs> my thought on that is, there's no way it's true, because that that is the that is literally the biggest secret in world history. And if that's true, it's been going on for seventy years, and no one's ever come out of there with a picture. No one, you know, we've heard rumors, but no one's ever proving it, it's true, then I don't believe it's true because you can't keep that secret for 70 years. Well, Ursay's health, you know, if the circle was bigger than three or four people, you can't keep that secret. You just can't do it. My point here is that the circle on Ursay is very, very small. How is he getting his hands – and I'm not accusing him, but I'm i am talking about negligence, really. But how is this happening? You know, his circle is that small. How is this happening? Why does this keep happening? If I'm his daughter's i am – I'm hiring a cop or a former – cop and I know they've got one that is security and he's great he scares the hell out of me, but he's great. But I'm hiring somebody to investigate. How is this happening? Treat this as a crime. You know, my, my, our, our father got his hands on something, according to Carnival Police, that almost killed him. Treat this as a crime and go find who did that. Find who made who let that happen because his circle is so small. We can keep secrets so great. And yet we can't keep this out of his ha- out of out of, his, you know, our, our dad's hands that that something's wrong here. So Greg
5: Doyle has the column uh, regarding the uh, future leadership of the Colts and Jim Irsay. And we've been talking about that. Very pointed comments, very well thought out comments from the star columnist with us via the Andy Moore automotive group hotline. Um, I've been really hesitant to ask what you think the outcome is going to be, because I don't know if I really want to know the outcome. I'm not trying to sound overly dramatic whatsoever. I, I just I, I don't know if I really want to know what you think the outcome is. You know what I mean? Because I think I'm in a negative spot right now, I think, where a lot of people are regarding this. And you're right. He is an incredibly nice guy, an incredibly thoughtful guy. And you don't want to see him go out like this from any angle. But especially with the worst-case scenario, I, I guess that's where I am right now with it all well, because there's been so much not said, right, and, yeah. and, and, and no transparency where I, I, honest, I sit here and I fear the worst, Greg. I do.
4: Well, as, as kind of well you should. And uh, using Jim's own calculations and mathematics and whatnot, his numbers, he told Andrea Kramer uh, last month, whenever that was, two months ago, that he's already been revived once, that the doctor even said, you're a lucky man because I was just about to write your death c- certificate. And that was November 21st. That was literally two weeks before it almost happened in Carmel. So we now know for a fact he's had to be revived so that he wouldn't die of – the first one was an overdose. He said that to Kramer. The second one, again, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to avoid being sued, but the Carmel police say it was an overdose or believe it was. So if we're going to take, take that seriously, then he's had two overdoses where he's had to be revived or he's not here anymore. He's been to rehab, in his own words, at least, and he said at least, 15 times. So you're asking me, you're asking anybody, how is this going to end? They've got to make some changes because, you know, it's Einstein's insanity. What they're doing is not – it's not working. Colts, it's not working. What you're doing, it's not working. And, you know, the Indy Star, when Riffra happened nine years ago, we had a headline, Fix This Now. It was in all caps because you kind of yell it. And, hey, Colt, fix this now because it's not working. So, Greg
5: Doyle with us. You know, the thing I, I think about going back to that Andrea Kramer spot on Real Sports on HBO was, again, we lost, and I, I said that at the time, we lost all sense of what should have been the most important message. The moment he, you know, brought up, you know, I'm a targeted, you know, rich, white billionaire or whatever. That, we lost all sense of what really mattered and the point they were trying to make in that particular interview. Does that make sense? I mean, we really lost yeah, it. That's, that, was, that's, that was really unfortunate at the time to me.
4: It, it, you, you, I mean, I hadn't thought about that way, but, but you're right. But that's what the world does. The world doesn't care. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, it's like that line in, in Men in Black with uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. Will Smith says to Tommy Lee Jones, why don't, why don't you tell us about these aliens? People can handle it. And we'll, And Tommy Lee Jones goes, no, no, no. A person can handle it. A person is smart. People are dumb, stupid animals, and you know it. That's what he says. And that's true. And people is, is the way I would refer to social media. That's people. That's not a person. That is, in general, where the loudest noise is the one that gets heard. Those are people, and they're dumb, stupid animals, and we all know it. So they, they don't latch on to something nuanced. Believe me, I've spent nine years here and tw- 25 years elsewhere writing things where there's nuance in there and no one gets it because they don't want to get it because they'd rather focus on the five words that were really, really, you know, strong. So they don't, they don't want to hear about his addictions and what he was going through and, and the, the bad shape, he's, including me, John, including me. I, I, I didn't focus too much on the, on the white billionaire thing only because yeah. I know that Jim has put so many hard miles on those tires that I just, and he says so many things that I just don't, I don't get bent out of shape or excited or whatever about Ursay when he talks. Cause he just, that's Jim, you know, he just, who knows what he means? Who knows? But yeah, but we all, I, yeah. you're right. We, we missed the warning signs because we, we, we got distracted by the shiny object over here, which was stupid.
5: Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a pitfall for what I do and, and how I, cause I, I that's the, that's the first thing. And I said at the time, this is the first thing I'm going to go to. And it's absolutely, positively wrong. That is the first thing that I go to, and I did. And uh, uh, about a month later, I regret it. There's just no really easy way to transition from that to this, but I will. In closing, Greg Doyle of the Star joins us. Um, Pacers made that deal for Pascal Siakam. How do you place them now? Just eyeballing a starting lineup in this team compared to the rest of the landscape of the Eastern Conference.
4: I. I would feel comfortable putting them ahead of everybody but Milwaukee, Boston, and Philadelphia. And if I'm leaving somebody out, I'm leaving somebody out. But I feel very comfortable thinking they could be the fourth-best team in the league. They've got ground to make up. It doesn't mean they're going to be a top-four seed and get a home a home playoff series advantage because, you know, the season's halfway over and they're in, they're in eighth or seventh right now, seventh, I guess. But I feel very comfortable saying they could be a top-four team in the East. I mean, Pascal Siakam's no, no friggin' joke. They – the Pacers have been trying for 10 years to get a guy like Pascal Siakam uh, to join somebody else. You know, they get a guy like Old Depot, but, they had, but that was after they lost their guy, Paul George. And they get a guy like Hal Burton, but that was after they lost their guy, Oladipo. They've never had a guy and then gotten another one. This has never happened before. As good as Miles Turner, you know, is at times, and as good as DeMondis Sabotis has turned out to be at Sacramento, that wasn't happening, you know, here. He wasn't little mini Jokic here. He wasn't Mr. Triple Delon. He was good here. He was very good. So, that was close. But they've never had two perimeter guys like this. So this is very, very exciting. The, the, the uh, timeline has been so accelerated. And they're just one guy away now from being right there with Philadelphia and Milwaukee. You know, Boston's starting lineup is a little bit too good. But they're just one more great guy away from it. And I'm calling Siakam great. And Matherin could be that guy. Matherin could be that great guy. And Jairus Walker, who I – his Pacers moments don't make him look like he's going to be that guy. But his G-League stats say he could be that guy too. And he's too young, and Toronto wanted him. So people see something in him. So they're one really good guy away from being a legit top two, three, four team going forward. It's very, very exciting. I'm so impressed with Kevin Pritchard. He's so good. He's so underrated. I think we know how good he is in this market. But around the league, you look at the Pacers, and they're always finishing eighth or worse. And you just don't know. You just don't know. know, Benching 185 for a guy that weighs 120 is a lot more impressive than benching 185 when you weigh 250, right? And Kevin Pritchard's not a 125-pound weakling, not my point. My point is, for him benching 125, that's a lot more impressive than the Lakers guy. Rob Palinka. you're not that strong. You're, 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 you're a 98-pound weakling, Rob Polinka. Pritchard could kick your rear end.
5: <laughs> I, I said this, and I, I don't know if I'm trying to be over dramatic or what. I, I think we're on the verge... Of another one of those. I call it a golden era for lack of any any better way to describe it. You know, kind of on the verge of this right now as we saw what the Pacers did in the 1990s. I feel so secure with the elite level player, the centerpiece in place. And I think it's going to be even more expedited than it was in the nineties because I think now we're in an era where players want to play certainly with other players. And I think a lot of these guys, much like Siakam, want to come here in some form or fashion and play where they're best going to be utilized. And uh, that's Tyrese Halliburton and this team. I, I think we're going in an incredible direction right now with this with this franchise, this organization and this team.
4: Yes, and let me say this I reference this in my story I wrote about Siakam yesterday. That you know, you know he he wants to be here. People are wondering, does he want to be here? And I know his agent said something referencing that he wants to be here. I, I I've heard for, I've heard for weeks that they won Siakam and he wants to be here. Um, frankly, I've heard it at a level that I guess we could have reported it, but I just I'm not about reporting. Here's what could happen. I'm I'm just not doing it. But Siakam wants to be here. Okay, who's reporting that? I am. I just did. Siakam wants to be here, so he's going to be here. So what I wrote though is that he thinks he wants to be here. He doesn't know. He hasn't been here yet. He thinks he wants to be here. He's going to spend some time with 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 uh, Halliburton, spend some time in that locker room, spend some time with Carlisle, Ginny Bucic, and the rest of that great staff. He's going to see how this city loves loves co- loves pro players like their college kids. And then the the All Star game is coming here in about three weeks. People think this yeah. is basketball. Wait till that happens. People think they want to play with Halliburton. Wait till people come to town and see how how that happens it's going to be the, the golden area you're talking about is just about to get a booster shot from the all-star game being in town here. Cause we're about to show off without even trying. He is, to show off.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I, the, there's no doubt they're prepared. And then you're right. I mean, it has a profound effect on, on every level here with that. And, I completely agree with it. Greg Doyle of The Star, his latest column regarding Jim Irsay, Uh It is something you need to read right now. Uh, Indystar.com. You can go there. Greg Doyle regarding uh, Pascal Siakam and that trade. He agrees with me on that as well. Find all his work at The Indy Star. I, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts today. I know it's uh, for everybody around here um, in the market, a very difficult subject. But I appreciate you sharing what you're sharing and your latest column with us today, Greg. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you. Say, thank you. And I'll be brief when I say goodbye because I know I talk long, but I want to say goodbye by saying I appreciate you having me on because I know what Jim means to you, and you don't need my help. And, and you have a lot of people that could talk about Jim. So the fact that you have me on, you know, you didn't have me on to talk about IU. You had me on to talk about something near and dear to your heart means a lot. Thanks, John.
5: Thank you. I appreciate that, Greg. Thank you very much. Greg Doyle, the star on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Um,. Twin Peaks, Northeast Side, NBA Jam, McAlobe Ultra. and I'll explain to you. I'll get back on it in a minute, too. It's not, again, not a good transition from one thing to the other here, but I'm glad we're at Twin Peaks. I'll explain why we're here and what you can win and where you can join us coming up next. We'll do that coming up next. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fam.
6: Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at K-I-S-Q-A-L-I and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
2: The Ride with JMV. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
5: Gavin Rossdale, the lead of Bush, celebrating 30 years on the Loaded Tour. I talked to Gavin Rossdale a little bit earlier today. You will hear that at some point in its entirety, but he was awesome. The show, 30-year celebration, the greatest hits of the Loaded Tour, along with Candlebox and Jerry Cantrell of Alice in Change uh, at the Everwise Amphitheater at White River State Park coming up August the 4th. Again, you're going to get Jerry Cantrell, not all of Allison Chains, but Jerry Cantrell, Candlebox, and Gavin Rossdale of Bush. Number 9 at 239-1070 will get a pair of tickets to go on us right there. Man, I, um, I will share this with you. I don't know when I'm going to roll it back, but I think he today, maybe tonight, was going on Jimmy Fallon. He was so good with me earlier. Now, granted, I have a a background. I think I've seen Bush maybe three or four times, but they never disappoint. And I brought up a time when he, I think they were doing an X-Fest, and Ed Kowalczyk, the then lead singer of Live, came out into the audience, and you've seen Ed Kowalczyk. You know, it's cool he comes out in the audience, but it is a completely different vibe because I told him, I said, when you... You come out to the audience, Gavin Rossdale of Bush, then everybody's date, all the chicks go right to you. Like nobody was going to Kowalczyk. Like everybody was cool. It was out there. You know, I alone, all that was great. But when Gavin, Gavin Rossdale's taking everybody's dates, that was an issue. And I said, man, I told you. I said, you needed to get your ass back up on stage here, all right? Come on. You got the ladies swooning. But, man, it was a good conversation. I will play that for you. And, again, tickets on sale for what should be a fantastic show. Bush, Candlebox, and Jay Cantrell. Jay Cantrell, by the way, has been on the show a number of times. A huge sports fan, certainly the NFL, and a big-time fantasy football player. Jay Cantrell will be a part of that coming up on August the 4th. Uh, Again, number nine at 239-1070. You uh, will be a winner. We have more to give away coming up later on this week. And thanks to our friends at Live Nation for that, too. If you missed it earlier, Bobby Marks of ESPN. He's their NBA front office insider with a breakdown like you haven't heard regarding the Tyrese, uh, I should say, regarding the Pascal Siakam deal from the Raptors to the Pacers and and the significant role that Tyrese Halliburton played in that. And really what I just can't find sitting here right now, a single thing wrong with it. And again, I know we live in a world where you're always thinking about There's something wrong here. And how do I have to say this and say that I cannot find a single thing wrong with it. We'll see when, see Ockham ends up making his Pacers debut, it makes you wonder too, because Halliburton was listed as questionable, which is a feel good. He's not going to play tonight in Sacramento, which you can hear right here on the fan coming up at 10 o'clock later on tonight, 930, your pregame coverage, but kind of makes you wonder if maybe he does not make his debut at some point whenever Halliburton is making his return which will be cool. But as we talked about with Bobby Marks and then again talked with Eddie Gill about this, the expectations now, you raise those expectation bars even more with this. And frankly, I think it's fun as hell. For those of you that think they're not ready for this just yet, I will say we'll see, but I am ready to have something fun as hell, something to be interesting. And I cannot wait to see their return on Tuesday night. The Denver Nuggets, the defending champs, are in town. And their their return home on their homestand is ridiculous. You get Denver, then you get Philly, and then you get Phoenix. That is ridiculous. But, man, you talk about what the field house is going to look like, especially on this return. With the Denver Nuggets in the house coming up on Tuesday, that should be fantastic. By the way, Sacramento tonight The first of a back-to-back in Portland coming up tomorrow night. They close out that road trip on the road in Phoenix on Sunday. And let's face it, too, with or without, the new guy with or without, Halliburton, you'd like to see them get some wins. It's going to be really difficult tonight in Sacramento. Make no mistake by that. And Sacramento is good. That's going to be tough. Tomorrow night coming off a back-to-back in Portland. Not a good team, but we saw what Portland did to them earlier this season. And then obviously... With Phoenix and, you know, Booker and Beal and what they have in Durant, that's going to be difficult, too. But now excitement abounds. No question about that. Quick break. We shall return for a final time. Twin Peaks, Northeast Side, NBA Jam. You're playing high score wins this incredible pair of Nike shoes, courtesy of Michelob Ultra and our friends. At zinc, A great time today and more of those times to come. I'll explain on the other side and recap the day in general right here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
2: The Ride with JMV. I love JMV. He looks like Rascal Flats guy. Got a cool soul patch. <laughs> he does and a buttery smooth voice. Oh, yeah. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
5: John, thank you for joining us in the uh, Jerry Rafferty re-entry right there for the number one song in the JMV countdown of the 1970s. Baker Street, thank everybody here today Twin Peaks, man. Always a great time to be up here. Our friends at Michelob Ultra and Zank NBA Jam being played. You have until 6 o'clock to hit that high score to win. Again, if you're watching via the AAA Membership Lounge YouTube Live, you can see the shoes that you will win. We next week will be at the dugout off of Virginia near southeast side of downtown with our friend Nick. We'll be doing that and your chance to play and to win once again. These shoes are dynamic, to say the least. Hey, I did want to give a shout-out to the city of Indianapolis again, because despite many efforts from many different cities across the American landscape, Indianapolis has locked in for 2025, the NFL Combine. So that means I love it. You know, I love going down there and hanging out. There's nothing better than having everybody in the world you'd love to talk to walk right by you and say, We don't have enough time to stop and talk to you. When I'm sitting my ass right there, there is nothing better than that. But no, seriously, I am glad. It has become, just like anything else in the NFL, it has become an event with an audience and participation, and the city of Indianapolis, they get it back. I want to say we, but I didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, got it back for yet another year, 2025. So will have it coming up in February here. And then again, coming up next year in 2025, the NFL Combine is indeed back. That's good. Really has had a good time up here today, too. Uh, thank you to Bobby Marks as well for breaking down the Pascal Siakam deal. Meantime, 239-1070 is the number. Uh, Andy is up next today. Andy, welcome to the show. How are you?
7: Hey, I'm great, j and Thanks for uh, letting me call in. Hey, you got it, I, uh, Andy. Go ahead. I got to take. I'm really excited about the Pascal Siakam trade. And I had a thought today, and it, the more I think about it, the more it gets me the most excited, and I've not heard anybody else mention this. You know, Siakam is at like 6'8", 6'9", 245. He's almost basically the same size as Jairus Walker. So they're bringing him in, I think to help mentor him over the next couple of years, I mean, who else is better than, than to learn from him? I mean, the Pacers don't have anybody else on the roster like Pascal to help be that mentor for Jarrett. So I think that's another tremendous upside that nobody's ever, nobody's mentioned yet.
5: Yeah, you know what, I, I think nobody's really mentioned it because he's he is going to, he wasn't getting time anyway, and he's certainly not going to get any time right now, but that is the hope. Uh, the hope, of Andy, is what you're talking about, is the evolution of the guy, and you know that's one of the reasons why they didn't want to give up on somebody that was a lottery selection that was getting no time whatsoever. And, and that's how I look at it, too. I, I just look at it as you get a dynamic player, you get a high-level player, and you give away, Andy, basically... You know nobody that you really matters i mean bruce brown make the argument i know great guy jordan war great guy but in the grand scheme of things they didn't really matter a great deal now and they're not going to matter next year and then you got draft picks that really don't matter andy thank you for the call man you call any time it was something that you absolutely had to take advantage of hey think about a great buy in your lifetime that you knew at that moment you had to take advantage of, and you did, and wonder what would have happened if you didn't. That's this deal. Pacers Sacramento here on the fan later on tonight, 9.30 pregame, 10 o'clock. Your coverage begins. Great job, Dev, out of you. Great to see everybody here. Mac, J-Law. Paul was here a little bit earlier, BT as well. Thanks to my friends at Zinc, Michelob Ultra, Twin Peaks, the NBA Jam. We had a great time here today, back in studio tomorrow. I'll tell you when you can join us next. That's next week at the dugout, coming up tomorrow at 3. Have a great night. Thanks for joining us.